This is a Locker Room Production. And it is officially episode 20, cannot believe I'm actually saying that, 20 episodes, hold on, we gotta get up a pause, oh, keeping it 200 episode 20, I am ecstatic. I never thought I would hit 20 episodes of a podcast, never be this consistent with a podcast. Thank you for everybody that's been watching. Shout out to everyone that has been guest host on this show from Blackheart Over the Top Rope to Ash to Jared to others um, that we had um, Sunday. Finally, keeping it 200. We're hitting episode 20. This is our 20th episode. It's Wednesday, June 9th. 2021 let's get into it there's no wwe or AEW talk today reason being that we are just going to focus on the four nba games on the night before i kick off keeping it 200 and start feeling myself so much about making it 20 episodes into this podcast want to give a special shout out to the carolina hurricanes who last night their season ended in five games due to the Tampa bay lightning the defending world champ lightning in the NHL, um, Carolina lost in five. Give credit to my team. I will say this here, though. I've not been a fan of bringing back fans in the arenas and everything like that. Um, but I don't really go into it as much because I, I don't feel that it's as important. It is important, but not as important. However, last night in the PNC arena in Raleigh where Carolina was playing. I actually, I was actually happy to see that many fans and see that many people smiling and happy doing the wave, getting a wave unison um, in Carolina and shout out to the hurricanes. They made it to the second round uh, again, just another, uh, another year where we're bouncing out of the second round last year was to Boston this year to Tampa Bay. Shout out to Carolina, though, for their great season. And shout out to the Vegas Golden Knights, who have came back and, you know, are now up 3-2. And they even won um, last night in a, like, nail-biter game, 3-2. So shout out to the Vegas Golden Knights for that. Um, So now we can officially get on to the NBA. We've had four games since Monday, did not do a podcast yesterday, did do one Monday, check them out on Spotify, check out the episodes over the weekend on Spotify, uh, where we did um, the episode talking about uh, the Clippers, Mavericks, that game ending and everything, 
Um, and of course, I might have guests come in later. We might have Blackheart come in later. We might have uh, my friend Ash come in later. We don't know. Um, but however, let's just go ahead and, and you know get into some uh, storylines here in the NBA around the NBA. Of course, the Indiana Pacers fired their head coach Nate um, Bjorken after one season as the Pacers head coach. Um, Pacers, you know, you know, a lot of people um, may may feel that it was very upsetting that you know Bjorken got fired, but. It wasn't like Bjorken did anything bad with this team. It was just I don't think Bjorken was the right fit as the head coach. Um, bringing in, though, Blackheart, though. Blackheart, it's great to see you. Um, make, sure guys, make sure you guys check him out over on the Off the Top Rope podcast on Spotify. Blackheart, what's going on, man? Uh, welcome to the 20th episode of Keeping It 200. Word. Well, 20th one, uh, another 180 more to go to actually make up to that number in your, in your title. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I, I, I will say, though, I never thought that I would hit 20 episodes. So it, it's it's just very it, – I'm trying not to be like like trying to be braggadocious, but at the same time, though, it's so hard not to be because, because you, know, you know, now this is like – now it's starting to grow up like a kid and now you're starting to see the podcast you know get better you know now i'm having you now as a co-host you know now for a lot of these episodes uh ash has oh, been coming nice. in. uh you know the we've had you know the live episode that we did sunday was my favorite episode it beat out episode five to me you know because we had so many people come in we had people talking about Chris Stapps Porzingis, you know, and wanting to be traded. We we heard a lot of Mavericks fans, you know, wanting Chris Stapps to be traded, and so you know, so so, so 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 it is really nice to you know see this, you know, finally flourish, you know, and you know, I, I'm th- I'm I want to say thank you for you know making sure to come on because I I know that you're a very busy man just like myself, you know. And- oh no 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 I, I, no, I, no as far as the podcast goes, we are on a season break till August eighth. So we will be returning two weeks before SummerSlam is due. So um, that's why I have like a lot of time on my hands and jumping on other people's podcasts and stuff like that. Plus, I just came home from work like literally not too long ago. So I was like, I tell myself yesterday, I'm like, yo, surprised that hasn't even made a room yet. Oh well, well maybe. <laughs> you know, I was like, maybe yesterday wasn't really the right day to have them do something. And then well, two games plus NXT. Um. You know what I'm saying? Like, all that came to suffice, and then I, I, I just said, I just told myself, I'm like, he might be in Wednesday or Thursday. Some weird reason. I was like, let me just check it. Like, well, well, I, well, I know yesterday I was going to come on here, and the new Fortnite season came out. Of course, if anybody does not know, Rick and Morty are oh. the are in the are in the Fortnite this year. Uh, Morty is a just a hammer in the game, but he has his eyes blinking and everything. And of course the actual Rick Sanchez is actually in the game. Of course, Clark hmm. Kent will be in the game in 45 days or Superman, whichever one you want to call him. And he has his hammer of the fortress of solitude. So it's actually very unique. So, so, so that's what I was kind of doing yesterday. And then finishing up everything of unpacking and, 
cleaning and wiping down. I, I, I swear, I swear, I, I think I've turned into one of the people that work at the NBA arenas, just literally spraying Clorox because I think I've sprayed so much Clorox in my house that I know now it's 99.9% clean in this house. <laughs> if, someone, if someone comes in this house and says, man, this house is dirty, I'm going to automatically say that they're a bad liar because I literally Clorox wiped everything down that I, th- that I thought of. So so definitely. So, um, But I did not finish Raw or NXT. I actually didn't start NXT. But oh, don't I feel too already. bad. Well, I mean, well, don't feel too bad because when I moved into my current place right now back in March, I had to do like a deep clean of it too. At the very moment when I moved in, I cleaned the whole room first while my stuff was actually still chunked up in here. It took me maybe like a day and a half to get the room the way I wanted. So trust me, I know. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and 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 uh, and I and also, you know, I, I know there was some things that happened on NXT. I have seen some stuff, but but we're gonna go into that episode tomorrow. Today we're just gonna be focusing on the NBA and stuff because there was a lot of stuff that's happened in the NBA today. And the last two days as well. So I thought that that w- – and there's only one game tonight, so I know tomorrow will be very easy to cover two wrestling shows as compared to four games and two wrestling shows and NBA head coach getting fired and an MVP being named and everything. So so that's why mm-hmm. it was – so um, – but also, but also August 8th, though, if you come back to, you know, podcasting on Locker Room, I will definitely come on as a guest host and we can definitely be talking wrestling and stuff because I'm I'm definitely because I'm pretty sure tomorrow night I'm actually going to watch Impact because, you know, because Tony Khan's going to be on there and I actually and I actually do like Impact. I just don't ever have the time to watch it. So 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 so, so I'm actually going to probably be doing an Impact Wrestling review this week, more than likely, I'm actually going to be. I I I, I don't. I, I I'm going to try it out for the first time, and if I like it, I'm going to keep it going. But but of course, you know, I, I wanted to get into this here. You know, the Pacers before you got on fired Nate Bjorken after one season. The Pacers finished yeah, 34. Yeah, I seen that earlier too. Well, it, well, the Pacers they finished 34 and um, 38. They you know they were in the play-in. They did beat the Hornets decisively in the play-in. They didn't beat Washington, though, in the play-in. Um, Demonis Sabonis was named an all-star. Malcolm Brogdon had a very good season. Karis LeVert, in the time that he played when he was not dealing with the kidney mass issue, he actually was very good on the floor. And Miles Turner led the NBA in blocks. So, uh, However, he was fired because the team players lost faith in him. But I did have to ask you this here. What was your thoughts on the Bjorken firing? And do you and do you think that the Pacers made the right call firing this head coach and moving on to someone better? I mean, within one season, I mean, I I feel like they kind of rushed the gun with this one, only because he's only been in it for one season. Now, as you just said, like the the players that kind of like last play, like lost faith in him. How am I, yo, you guys only been around here for one season. So it's not like, and then you guys are just getting out of the whole bubble situation. You guys actually made a pretty good run in the East, even though that you really got to the play-in. And then you got knocked out in the first play-in game. So that kind of came into fruition. And then that, you know, and that kind of suffice of a lot of decision-making anyway. Then you already know some of these players got power. You know what I'm saying? Like certain, so certain players that if they if they speak out and they don't want to 
deal with this coach or be like, yo, get this coach out of here. I'm pretty damn sure they're going to wait until after the season's over to do it. They're not going to really do no radical changes during a midseason like that. So if it was worse come to worse, then I honestly say that, man, it's kind of like a 50-50 for me. What you call it? Then all of a sudden, I'm about to get released. You know, what I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. To me, to me, to wait, wait, wait. I mean, but we all know that the NBA is a business. So if that owner says that okay, if the players don't like them, then we're not gonna like them. So we gotta get rid of them. Then it's probably gonna happen. So there's a lot of because there's a lot of head coaches in the past that got away with certain stuff, slapped in the wrist and all type of shit, and they still stayed to when it was too late. That's all I got to say about that. I actually do agree with you on that. I honestly thought that as a head coach, he did everything right with this team that he really could with this team, in all honesty. It wasn't like this team was terrible because, for one, it's not like anybody sees the Indiana Pacers as a true contender in the East. He did get a all-star. He did have someone lead the league in blocks. He did have a point guard actually better than he did the year before with Nate McMillan. And Karis LeVert, you know, did play very good in the time that he was there. Um, I'm very actually kind of shocked by this because usually when a head coach does everything right, you know, usually he would be able to keep his job or at least get two years in. You know, like, for example, this is – it wasn't like he was as bad as a head coach as – the Michigan head coach who's now been hired as the player, um, um, Jim Beheim, or no, not Jim Beheim, um, uh, not Jim Beheim, um, damn it, uh, what was his face? Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, his face, yeah, his face kind of came into my head too. Um, oh, it, damn. I, I'm getting ready to Google search him. I'm, I'm just going to Google search him. <laughs> that's what I'm going to just see because because he was hired. Um, and I just reported about that. Um, oh, John, John Beheim, John, John Beeline. There you go, John Beeline. Oh, but oh, but Beeline, you know, I understood why Cavs players did not like him and the comments that he had said in post game conferences. But it was never like Nate Bjorken ever said anything bad in conferences. The team was, you know, not as bad as, you know, a lot of people may think. You know, they were 34 and 38, but it wasn't like we saw this team making it really that far anyway. You know, I, I guess, right. I, I, but I guess in Pacers standards, I guess if, I'm having this feeling if he had made the first round, I'm thinking he would have kept his job for another year, but. You know, but now we have now four head coach openings in the NBA. Yeah. We have Boston, Indiana, Orlando, and Portland. And, of course, you know, Atlanta is not – I'll deal with you later, man. McMillan. Oh, no, man. I was talking to someone else with that. You go ahead. <laughs> My oh, fault. No, no, no. <laughs> 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 nah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, I was uh, – I just ran into somebody else. Like, oh, shit, man. My fault. I forgot. I said I said, have my, head, said, have my headset on. <laughs> uh, but, but you know in the NBA now there's four head coach openings you got Boston, Indiana, Orlando and Portland and Atlanta you know with Nate McMillan has went from interim head coach to now a rewarded a contract after you know the playoffs and everything now so right. 
Right, so, right. You know what I'm saying? He better be because, you know, he didn't have to take over the role, but then again, he did in the previous season and as a black head coach. In Atlanta, nonetheless, it's like all stars, it's like all stars pointed yes on that one, too. Exactly. And I, and I will say this here about Bjork, and Bjorken's actually been an assistant. He has a lot of G League head coaching experience. So I don't feel like Nate Bjorken's job is done, but I will say as a head coach, he's not going to probably get one anytime soon now with any other teams. I'm thinking what's probably best for Bjorken is they'll probably uh, – a team will take a chance on him as an assistant coach. I, I wish that I wish that Bjorken could go somewhere like Miami where he could learn something from like Eric Spolstra on how to be a better players coach because I think someone like Bjorken – because Bjorken actually – when you think about it, he's actually he's actually kind of done a journey of like Eric Spolstra, except it's not been the Eric Spolstra way because Eric Spolstra started with Miami as a video uh-huh. coordinator in 2004 and has worked himself up as a head coach and everything. But but if you ever want to go to a player coach's camp, I would I, I would hope that Eric Spolstra would call someone like Nate Bjorken and maybe help him because Bjorken, you know. I didn't think he did anything bad. I just thought that, you know, this and, – and, of course, and to the Pacers, I'm very surprised that someone like T.J. Warren, who did not play any bit this year. Right, and I'm about to talk about that one too. It, and had so much leverage in literally wanting to be traded after Bjorken was hired and wanting to be traded when, when this team was – it's kind of weird to me. I, I was actually very shocked by this. So, but, but, but as far as the Pacers, I think the best head coach next is – um, probably um, um, Kenny Atkinson, the former Nets head coach. I think that would probably be the best fit for this for this team mm-hmm. right now, um, because 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 this team technically does have the pieces. They got Sabonis, they've got Levert, they've got Brogdon, and they got Turner. I, I I've literally said though that I don't think all of these guys are staying. I think in at least two will be leaving this yeah, offseason because. Yeah, Listerine, mouthwash, that power stick deodorant, a black lighter, a full one. Okay. I'll later? Yeah, just one. Mm-hmm. And? Um, that on top, the power stick. Sorry, oh. buddy. Um, no, yeah, I don't know. Sorry about that. Give me a second. Oh, oh no, you're good. Uh, one, two, Colgate, and a mouthwash. Okay. Yeah, but uh, Kenny, uh, Kenny Atkinson. As long as Sam, as long as Sam Cassell doesn't get touched right now, wait till after the season before trying smaller one. Uh, wait till him and wait till all these other candidates, especially Jason Kidd, because he's been a hot contender for the last like couple of weeks already. Um, we'll just see what happens with that because a lot of these head coaches got some things that that. That I mean, that they're really good at. Other ones just don't bring nothing to the damn table, and then they let the players run the damn show. And we don't need another Brooklyn incident right now that's going on right now with Steve Nash. So I think they gotta be a lot more careful about who they pick. I, I will say, I will say now the head coach in candidacy, you know, because I don't think Jason Kidd is going to be accepting any jobs if he's torn down that Portland one. But I will say though, for this, you know, I will say now it's now it's becoming a little weird because now you've got Sam Cassell, you've got you know some other candidates of Kenny Atkinson and um, I believe who else, Mike D'Antoni. He's you know he's going to be available and everything like that. And also don't forget Golden State uh, Warriors assistant coach Mike Brown, who yeah. his coaching job was with the Lakers in the 2012 season. 
Yeah, you're right. You're right about that. It also so, meant as much. It also meant as much as I hate having to say his name, but he has been, you know, He's a TV um commentator. Please get that man more. Get that man more Jackson, a real job that he can actually respect and love and appreciate. Man, why? Why y'all have to do this to this man? And as much as a lot of people, a lot of superstars now are more outspoken more than anything in the world. LeBron, Kyrie, or uh, LeBron, Kyrie, De- uh, Devin Booker, Jalen Brown. But yet, this head coach who helped mastermind the Golden State Warriors, as we see them now, has not had a job technically in coaching for the last eight to nine years. When, when is he going to get an opportunity to get back to the fucking he loved and started? I actually agree with you. I do. I, I don't know why Mark Jackson has not received a job in the NBA because Mark Jackson, it's not like he had a bad record with Golden State at all. And in fact, he made the playoffs with the Golden State Warriors. And, you know, he actually, he was actually a very good coach. You know, he even, Jermaine O'Neal even played very good in his last year or two in the NBA with the Warriors in the playoffs. And, you and you know, Klay Thompson, Steph Curry would not be where they're at today without Mark Jackson's assisting in the coaching department. So it's actually, it's actually very shocking to me why Jackson has not had another job in the NBA. Like, they, seriously? They, like seriously, but yet you're seriously, but yet Steve Nash, who has no type of coaching experience whatsoever, gets one of the high prestigious jobs in NBA with three Hall of Famers, three All Stars, and this guy is calling, it's called a color commentary, and can't you know, and can't even get even like a Charlotte Hornets head coach job. I, 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 I agree. I, I agree, but 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 you also look at the Charlotte Hornets. So they they also they they're they're they they're also just taking the Greg Popovich tree route. They remember their last two coaches technically were working under Greg Popovich. So however, just wait and see on who's going to get these head coaching jobs. I, I don't think Mike D'Antoni is going to be getting. I, I don't think Mike D'Antoni is leaving Steve Nash. I can't see that. I, I know it hasn't came out yet, but I just don't see Tony taking another head coaching job right now. Maybe in another year or two, but I don't see him taking one this year. Especially after what Brooklyn did Monday night. Um, this was a game, this, Brooklyn was up by 49 at one point in this game. They won 125 People to told me to look away. This is what this, people should be looking away, not even bother watching that game, but yet idiots like me did. <laughs> I, I will say this here, though. I did not think that Brooklyn was going to come out and just whoop Milwaukee's ass. I thought Milwaukee was actually going to come out and tie the series, and Milwaukee didn't do any of that. They they lost 125-86. Astonished. 21 threes on the night. That's 50% from three. Shot 52% from the field, held Milwaukee to under 10 threes, held Milwaukee to under 45% shooting. Drew Holiday had only 13 points. He had three assists. You had Chris Middleton, who started the game 0 of 6 in the first quarter. He was 7 of 23 of 8 on 17 points, five turnovers. Giannis was even held to 8 of 15, just 18 points, 11 rebounds. I, I gotta ask you, what what was your thoughts seeing this Brooklyn Nets um go up two zero so so decisively? I mean, God, I mean, like certain people that was probably in locker room watching this game was just in absolute dismay and shock. 
I was one of those people that was in dismay and total shock how even with Antakumbo being able to do what he does of the people around him is not going to get him that championship. So now we got to compare the two. We got to compare the two teams real quick. You got Kyrie, KD, James Harden, who is injured by the damn way, with another hamstring injury. So we all, so we all know that might take a couple of games, might take a few games. You might never know. They need, they might just sit him off this series again, get ready for the Eastern Conference Finals. Whenever they may be, but they have a bench, they have a depth, they have people. They actually have people, and then, and then the X factor of the whole entire game was Blake Griffin. Blake Griffin actually played to show the to show Detroit that ha 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 ha. Y'all see what y'all motherfuckers did now? Now I'm about to get that ring while y'all over here stuck. That's what that's what told me about that game. It told me that Brooklyn got way too much firepower and they got their foot on the gas pedal and they're not making no stops. They're not doing nothing. So it's either championship or bust. So Milwaukee, I think, has a curse on them that they cannot get past the second round. And if they can't get past the second round, who will who's gonna get that who's gonna get the blade? The organization, onto Kumbo, the role players, Chris Middleton, who? And that's all that we all need to figure out right now because something might really need to change when it comes to Milwaukee if they want to get over that hump. Or onto Kumbo, simply needs to do, just needs to do what simply needs to do what the Joker does. Become that big man facilitator to get your other teammates working. And if they ain't working, then you're not going to win those things. So. I, I will say this year, though. I will say this year. Kyrie and Kevin Durant only had fifty-four points combined. That and they only had eight of the twenty-one threes. Right. I mean, thirteen still came from guys like Blake Griffin, Joe Harris, Bruce Brown, Landry Shamit, and, and Mike James, and um, Chris Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whoever, yeah, whoever that was, number fifty-five for Brooklyn. Whoever came out and shot those trees back to back to back, I said, whoever the fuck that is, deserve his roses too. Yeah, Mike James, that, that's his name. <laughs> yeah. So I was, yeah, because, you know what I'm saying? Because, like, I was watching from a small ass phone, yo, know, screen. So them letters don't really, like, you know, be distinctive when you watch it from a phone compared to when you watch it on the TV set. Yeah. I, I will say this here, though. It, it, I saw this meme today. And I had to retweet this on Twitter because it just made me laugh. It's it was a it was like these bad drawings of all these NBA teams over the years saying that we have PJ Tucker as a stopper, and it's PJ <laughs> Tucker saying please yeah, stop, and everyone says no. No, they say I see no. that one too. I was like, yo, man, they cool. No, I, I said, I said, poor PJ Tucker. I said, PJ Tucker really has to guard man. Like you can't have PJ like on him the same way how like, we see Avery Bra- I mean uh Avery Bradley or or Tony Allen sticking someone of that magnitude, man. Like you can't compare the two. I, I I'm just I was just so shocked when I saw that, but I was laughing. But I was laughing so hard. To me though, you know when I look at when I look at Milwaukee right now though, I think the blame has to be on this organization because. They got rid of Eric Bledsoe because they thought Eric Bledsoe was the problem. And now Drew Holiday is not, you know, not really being the guy that's leading this team offensively. Defensively, he's doing everything he can. But offensively, 
in the in the first round, he was able to get double doubles and assists. Now he's struggling to even get four assists. Now Chris Middleton has not has lost his shot. He's lost his shooting. He's just he's just not there now. Oh man, Byron he is Forbes. definitely not there, and that's and that's supposed to be your second option. That's supposed to help you get your twenty twenty five points, if anything else. So if your secondary isn't even scoring like that against a well balanced team, like well, okay, excuse me, let me take that back. Not a well balanced team, a souped up a souped up Megatron team as Brooklyn is. Then pretty much, I'm pretty much sure you're gonna have a long series ahead of you. Exactly. I honestly think that Byron Forbes needs to actually start now for the Bucks because he actually might have some offense now that he can help with because because now, you know, P.J. Tucker in the 22 minutes, he was only one of two. He only had two points. I would start Forbes in, in game three just to maybe get some more offense going because they actually do need to – they actually really need to get some offense going. And, and also for the Bucks, though, what's going to have to happen is – they can't rely on the three-pointer. And Giannis, you know. And the guy the stopped Nets. playing zone, too. The guy stopped playing that zone shit because you're freeing up KD and Kyrie to take some easy-ass shots. Or they could just divvy it up, double up, and then they could just pass it out to someone that's wide the fuck open. And what's even worse now about Milwaukee is we thought that what the issue was going to be for Brooklyn was they weren't going to have the defense. Because in the last two games of the regular season, Milwaukee beat Brooklyn in games that had that were very high scoring offensively. However, Brooklyn has actually shown that they can play defense, and Brooklyn is using other guys to beat Milwaukee because Milwaukee's not guarding the Blake Griffins. They're not stopping the Joe Harris's. They're not stopping the Mike James. They're not stopping Chris Chiozza or Lance Salmon. They're literally. It, you know, Milwaukee's goal was, okay, we're going to let everybody else beat us, and now they're actually – and everybody else is beating them, and they're down 2-0 and heading to game three in Milwaukee. And I do have to ask you this here. Is is it time to start hitting the panic button? Is Milwaukee going to go down 0-3 to you? <laughs> I mean, listen, they're going back home. They should be saying to themselves, if we can win one game at home, we you know what I'm saying we will not embarrass ourselves and lose game four at home, but then our season is over. I'm thinking they're gonna try to pull out some shit, but obviously, you know, folks, you know what the hell I said to you. Um, I said to you this before. I said that maybe like a few last shows ago. These referees are going to be playing with favoritism for their home team. So who's home? Who's gonna be home for game three? The Bucks are, and that's when we see Arthur Kubo. Going to the line way more often than originally expected for the last two games. He's going to try to come out and get his free throw shooting down pack, but Suns going to tell me you, yeah, going to be sadly, sadly disappointed in um, his percentage at the end of that night. But he's not going to be the hero. It's going to be Chris Middleton saying to himself, "I got to be the secondary scorer. I got to step it up right here, right now." He might be the saving grace of Game Three, but they're not winning this series. They just. How about how about this here now? If you want to bet on Brooklyn Nets to win the the series versus Milwaukee, it's now at minus four fifty, which means a hundred dollar bet isn't even gonna win you back half of your money. And the Bucks are now at plus three sixty, which means if you bet a hundred dollars, you win three hundred and sixty dollars. Milwaukee is the favorite um at Thursday night on ESPN at minus three and a half. 
However, I'm going to go on record and say, because usually I do the betting lines late on, on our show, but because I'm watching daily yeah, wagers. You want to know what's time. funny? You know, the only reason why I started tuning into your stuff, because when you actually give the underdogs and over bets and shit like that, no one thinks about those. So no, imagine some no. gambler out there, in, out there in Vegas putting up 100, putting up like 100 grand on this one game, and everything comes down to that last play and something like that. That's when it's going to hit you hard. Exactly, and 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 you know, to me, I'm going to still go the Nets plus three and a half tomorrow night. The over under is two thirty four. I, I say that I say they're actually going to hit the over, but I think that this is you know I, I'm not I'm not going to say who wins this game outright or anything, but. But I will say this here, though, you know, Milwaukee at plus 360 for this series price, you have to either be the craziest man on earth to bet 100 bucks to really think Milwaukee can come back and win four straight. But, hey, I've seen I've seen blind acorns find a squirrel every once in a while. Maybe this might be someone's golden ticket of the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. This this might actually be. But, but to me, but to me, if someone said, oh, man, uh, uh, three, plus 360, like, I, I have to always look out for the better in Vegas because, because for example, there were betters this year that put a hundred thousand dollars down on the Wizards to make the Eastern Conference Finals and win the Eastern Conference. Because they were so hyped up about Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal, those two tandem high scoring, making like a, a combined what eighty points per each, depending on the I mean, depending depending on the depending on the opponent that he was facing and such like that. But other games, they're only going to give you like a piece of twenty twenty five. You know, what I'm saying and, at and, most. And, and I was telling people here, there were people that were saying earlier this year that the Jazz and the Wizards, they're the teams that, that we need to be looking out in the playoffs. And I was literally telling these people, like, look here, there's people in the regular season that are going to win you money every night. The Jazz yep. did that. The Knicks did that. The Wizards did that. But there's going to also be people that ain't going to win you money in the postseason because it's just a different season. You can't you can't be relying the on the playoffs same are a whole different to... animal. The playoffs are a whole nother animal compared to the regular season where the regular season you can have a fantastic game but sometimes those games really don't mean shit. It, it, and 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 I've and I've literally said this here too that 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 you that you can't fall in love with just the regular season. For example, for example, for example, the Carolina Hurricanes. Oh, one of the best God. teams. One wait, of the best wait, wait, exactly. I'm so sorry for them yesterday. <laughs> that's why I was waiting for you to come on. And that's why I was waiting for you to come on last night. And I'm like, yo, if you go talk about his Hurricanes, then believe me, I'm on the same boat with my brooms tonight. So. uh we might be some crying ass fools on the show. <laughs> I, I I know. I, I I will say this here though, when the Hurricanes lost because because I knew that they were gonna lose when they were down two nothing in that third period. But what really made but what told me that they were gonna lose was it was the second period and I literally had just went outside real quick. I literally had just gotten some Korok swipes, literally trying to just wipe down stuff in my house. And I literally turned my head up, and they're already down one up in the Tampa Bay, and I already see the Carolina Hurricanes fans in PNC and Arena doing the wave, trying to get them back, and then the song Physical plays, and I'm like, I said, good God, I said, are we trying to have a memorial service now? I'm like, what what happened? And you know, and then and then then when the second period came and it was two nothing, the Hurricanes fans all just got quiet. 
And then at the end, they did the wave again because, you know, it was like, okay, this is our last time to be on national TV. So let's go ahead and like try to make an ass of ourselves in some ways. I thought it was funny, but I was like upset because I was, I couldn't even watch the last four minutes because I was just like, I said, the Hurricanes are not going to win this. And I, I was, I was devastated. I really was. Um, I, I do feel better, but I, it was, it was tough to like, it was kind of a tough pill to swallow because now the hurricane season's over, but at least the Golden Knights season's still alive. They did win last night. I wasn't, I, I, I guess you could say I'm feeling better, but 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 now it's kind of different, you know, now because I also thought that we were going to win that game in game five and then just lose in game six to Tampa. But things happen. Things always happen. Um, but but back to like the point I was saying, the Hurricanes, they won so many regular season games this year, you know, it, and betting you could bet on them and they would keep winning. But when it came time for the postseason, I knew that the Hurricanes were not going to be that team no more. I just had that feeling that they just weren't going to be the team no more like that. And that just made me think, uh, well, it, it, it made me, t- it also showed me too that like the national predators who shouldn't have even won any games against the Hurricanes because the predators were not a great team. Um, as far as they gave up more goals than they scored on the year, but they won their last two games against Carolina um, in the regular season and won two games in the playoffs and had Carolina on the ropes and nearly took them to a game seven. So, so that's where it just like told me that, you know, you can't fall in love with the regular season. You can't fall in love with a regular season team. Did I lose Blackheart? Hold on, people. I'm trying to get Blackheart back in there. I think Blackheart will be back in here in a minute. I think he will. Can't guarantee you that, people. Oh, is he back? Okay. 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 Yeah. I don't know if it was my Wi-Fi or something else that probably happened too. But um, exactly. I just I went ahead and just removed it and then brought you back. I was like, I was like, I said I'm gonna get him back, people. Like, (laughs) oh yeah, uh, we can't be falling in love with these regular season with these regular season teams because we might be deflated during the. Um, playoffs, if something big could happen to a team, and then that changed the whole course of history. So that's what I was trying to say about that. Yeah, and and, and for the Denver and and you know another game on Monday night we had we had Denver Phoenix. This was actually kind of what you kind of I, this is actually what I thought Phoenix should have did, and Phoenix did everything right. Phoenix had four players starting. In double figures over 20 points, you had Chris Paul with 21 on 8 of 14. You had Mikhail Bridges, 8 of 12, 23 points on 4 of 8 from 3. Mikhail Bridges has actually been very underrated for the Suns. Probably yes, the best three-point shooter. Yes, indeed. But for me, the man of the night was Deontay Aiden sticking it to my man Joker, man, and walking him down. I agree. Aiden, 9 of 13. 20 points, 10 rebounds. Um, he had a steal on the night. And Nikhila Jokic, the Joker, 10 of 23, 2 of 5 from 3, 22 points, 9 rebounds. Of course, of course, he was Denver's best player. But give credit to Jake Crowder. He held Michael Porter Jr. down oh, yeah. of 3 of 8 from 3. 
Oh, man. My main man, Jay Crowder, man. Let me tell you a story real quick. I met Jay Crowder when he was playing for the Celtics, and he was good friends with some of my buddies that, um, that, uh, that lived in Mission Hill. So he was over there one night playing poker and shit like that, right? Now, I don't know nothing even about this. So I'm, so I'm coming into my homie's crib, got everyone else up and shit like that. I see Jay Crowder right there just sitting there playing cards, saying to myself, wait, Ain't she not supposed to be here? I'm like, and then I didn't want to blow up his spot. But I'm like, you know what? Whatever the, I'm like, I, I could have shook in his hand, but my mind was just so stunned. I'm like, wait, you, a boss or something here in Mission Hill playing cards with with one of my best friend's family members? Like, that's awesome. So I had to just throw that one out there real quick. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I didn't know that you actually met Jake Crowder. That's actually really awesome. I did. No, I did. And I did. I met him. I met um Gordon Hayward when he first signed here to Boston, they came up to the R&B, the R&B that I was working at, and um, I seen him pass by with his wife, and I'm saying to myself, I'm like, that can't be who the fuck I think it is, right? But then I look at I look at the work email, they say that, hey, we have a a special guest coming in um, to the office today, and he'd rather be discreet, so please try to be discreet as possible. So I'm walking over there to the fax machine, and he's right there, sitting at the table, signing his um, license conversion form form over and shit like that. And I'm like, oh shit! So I quickly like snuck back to my desk. I text my cousin who was right down to the third. I'm like, yo, your boy going to Hayward is upstairs. He ran all the way to upstairs, <laughs> and as people started noticing him, they all started slowly waiting for him to take a quick picture. Stuff like that. I got a picture with him on Facebook, matter of fact. Um, so people always mocked me, like, damn, you're sure than go to Hayward. I'm like, so people always thought I was a tall motherfucker in my class. But then when <laughs> I, but then when I looked at him, I'm like, Yeah, if I had to take a charge by you, man, I'm uh, I'm moving out the way. <laughs> <laughs> and that was it. So Gordon Hayward had to be six four, six five. I'm six two. So he's every two and a half, three inches taller than me for a fact. So I know that one for a fact. So I'm like, uh-uh, I'm not getting tea bag. I'm out of here. <laughs> I will say I do know that Jay Crowder was like six five, six six. Oh yeah, so, and, and and Jay Crowder also has a lot of muscle on him. He's he's actually someone that you know is very underrated and actually is probably like someone. It's really hard to just like push down. Because I, I believe I believe just like two or three years ago he was second or third in getting like the most charged fouls, you know, of course versus mm-hmm. Kyle Lowry, but Crowder, you know, you don't want to give him a lot of credit. No, they, they really don't. Um, and shout out to Crowder, you know, five of 13, 14 points. He was the only Phoenix Sun starter that did not have over twenty, but he did. But he was in double figures. He was three of nine from three. You know, he held Michael Porter down to. Six of thirteen on fifteen points. Uh, Austin Rivers, who didn't have a good night shooting, two of seven, one of four from three to seven points. Um, Aaron Gordon, eight of fourteen. He had eighteen points. He actually, he actually was coming through. Um, Monte Morris, though, that was the stinker of the night on Monday. One of ten, four of four from three, only two points. His plus minus was a minus twenty eight. Oh man. I, I know that that is oh, oh, however, however for Phoenix though and, and I was actually really shocked um, Cameron Payne 
was um, yeah. off the bench. He he didn't have he didn't have over sixteen. I thought Cameron Payne was going to have sixteen or more. He was just three of eight, just seven points. But he still had a plus minus of ten. And I, I was honestly proud of um, Cameron Payne about that. Cameron Payne, you know, he he came through. Chris Paul, though, I thought it looked actually like his Chris Paul self in this playoffs. This was the first playoff game of the year. He actually. Looked like Chris Paul of the regular season, yeah. twenty-one points, and then you barely assists. even noticed the shoulder injury when it came to that first game. And then you're thinking, like, yo, he's still injured, but yeah, if he's playing like back to his old self, Phoenix is Phoenix is a low-key scary team to have to deal with. Exactly, and 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 remember here too, Devin Booker was eight of twelve. He didn't even oh. – he, Booker, Booker really didn't take a lot of shots in this game. He had 21 points. Hey, no, no, but you know what else? That's good because I think usually the first games of a series is usually like a test out for each team. Like, okay, what are they going to do? What are their strengths? What are their weaknesses? When game two comes, they make the right adjustments for it, and then you got something going on right there. So I think Devin was just sitting there in the back like, you know what? Nah, I know what I'm about to do. Just let's see what they do first. Let's see who who's going to be the unsung hero, the X factors coming out of this Nuggets team. Because without Jamal Murray, several other people is going to have to step up to produce what he can't do right now. I agree. And one thing, and one thing I'm actually um, happy about though was DeAndre Ayton. He actually took more shots because Ayton did get lucky in the Lakers series where he didn't have to take a lot of shots. He wasn't. He didn't have to do a lot. Because there were there were some box scores where he only had eight attempts and only was just four of eight or something. And Crowder in and DeAndre Aiden, sorry, was nine of thirteen. And he actually came out and he and he and he had to be more of a score. And I was actually really proud about that, you know, because because one thing about that, if Chris Paul is and even if Chris Paul doesn't score, Chris Paul just having twelve assists and getting it to guys like of Aiden and Booker and Bridges. That's all that you really need. You don't technically need Chris Paul scoring, but having it is just an added bonus. That is something that helps. Yes, it does. I, I, um, how about this year, though? Uh, Phoenix does win. They win 122-105 on the night. Uh, Suns led by most of 20. Nuggets actually led by 10 at one point. Four lead changes, three ties. Nuggets actually had more points in the paint, 52-48. to 48. That second chance points was eight to seven Denver. Fast rate points was thirteen to seven Phoenix. And this moves on to our next topic, where Nikila Jokic, the Joker, won the NBA's Most Valuable Player of the 2021 NBA season. He was. And I'm gonna. And and I know. And Blackheart, I know you love these stats because I actually looked up all these stats because I because I, I knew because I knew I had to impress you somehow. These no. Are some, these, these, are some, <laughs> these are some stats that you're going to love, though. These are some stats. Nikola Jokic is the first player since Kobe Bryant to play all 82 games or play uh, 72 games because of the pandemic. Um, since the 2008-2009 season when Kobe won the NBA, NBA's MVP, he's the first center since Shaquille O'Neal to win the NBA's most valuable player since 2000. And... That year when Shaq won the NBA's Most Valuable Player, Shaq was a All-Star MVP, Defensive Player of the Year, MVP, and Finals MVP. Jokic, Jokic by the way, had 91 first-place votes. That actually, 91. 
90 he had a perfect fucking record. Exactly. And Joel Embiid, who was a finalist, had one first place vote that tied with Derrick Rose with one first place what? vote. Because there was actually there was actually a media writer that gave Derrick Rose an MVP first place vote. Steph oh, wow. Curry finished Steph Curry finished second in the MVP voting with five first place votes. Well, that okay. Well, Steph was definitely going to be somewhere near that because you can't not knock off Steph, especially half the shit that he done by himself technically in one season and nearly crept back into the playoffs. Come on, man! You can't knock the babyface killers, Moxie. I was actually more surprised to hear Derrick Rose's name. Maybe I would have hoped for maybe like a comeback player of the year award. Maybe that could have been something perfect for him. But no, they didn't give him that. They want to put him the same category as you see Joker and um, Steph and Steph and LeBron and shit like that. So, I don't have a problem with Derrick Rose. I just have a problem with this whole voting committee of who and who's allowed to vote this way and who, you know what I'm saying, and who don't. I will say this here, though. The media writer, whoever the media writer was that gave Derrick Rose's vote, I think was an idiot because because for one, <laughs> Derrick Rose because for one, Derrick Rose didn't even play all the games this year. In Detroit, he was actually not even playing a lot of the games because because they were actually giving more time to Jeremy Grant and Sadiq Bay in Detroit. Yes. So I, so I don't understand what that point was, but I guess someone wanted to vote for Derrick Rose because it was funny, you know. For Chris Paul, oh, I, I would be sympathetic with him too. Exactly, and I was very shocked, Chris Paul was not a finalist because we heard a lot of media people say that Chris Paul was a MVP finalist and he didn't even make the top three. He didn't have any first place votes. And it was actually, it was actually very shocking to me because I was just like, I said, Chris Paul was supposed to be, I was like, Chris Paul was talked so high by the media this year including people like Joy Taylor, who was on Twitter, and they didn't give Paul the vote. And I, I, I actually am glad that they didn't, but I'm actually shocked because usually when media writers talk like that, they usually tell you who's going to win the MVP, MVP. And Jokic won. He was the first Denver Nugget to ever do it. it he better is. be um, doing right, man. Finally, you got I, some type of recognition for the Nuggets team to actually have um, outside people, especially these – rookies and other players that may be dissatisfied with their own teams be like, you know what, what about actually Dick over there? You know what I'm saying? But he has pretty good asset pieces around them too that some person would say, now, I'm not jumping the gun with this. Now, Jalen, mm, if you want to trade Kemba and give us that like maybe like a couple other people, I'm going to say, hey, I'm fine with that. Yeah. I will I will say this here though I'm surprised that he was the very first one when I heard that set because I thought Carmel Anthony might have been a finalist for the NBA's MVP when he was a Denver Nugget but he wasn't so so I was actually shocked by that I, I really was I was like I was like wow Carmelo and then I thought about it, I was like Carmelo never did win an MVP with Denver I was actually very shocked by that I was like huh he's the very first Nuggets player to ever do it and the first center since 2000 of course. Tim Duncan, Kevin Garnett, Dirk Nowitzki, when they won their NBA MVPs, they were all listed at power forwards. Kevin Durant was listed as a small forward when he won his. So that is the reason why they were never um, seen as centers. Um, And Shaq is the last one to do it. 
and now it's Jokic. And it took 21 years to get a, a new NBA's MVP of a center, and that's actually very shocking because you know, you know. But 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 when you go back in the history, though. Tim Duncan, Kevin Garnett were power forwards more than yeah, centers. Yeah, they were it's truly meant to be. Well, I, okay, well, I guess the game back then is far is so far different from what it is now. So back then, when we call like Shaquille O'Neal and um, Patrick Ewing like true centers, they only played that one thing that they know, and that's it. They never try to shoot outside the three ball of anything type of range. But then now, when we're seeing the whole basketball culture kind of changed around that the threes is really what's going to get you to fuck over. Yes, a wrestling term, folks. Um, <laughs> that you see a lot of these power fours and everyone and their mama is shooting three-pointers now. They're trying to be the best dual or the best durable player on the court. So, with that coming to mind, that's why that when you see a man like Joker shooting threes or he just facilitating the ball to space out the whole damn floor to get the most attention on him so he can pass it out to uh, Austin Rivers or an MPJ and have him shoot threes countlessly. I, I will say this here, though. I've already made my prediction for the 2022 NBA's MVP. You can go back and watch them on the Keeping It 200 on Spotify. I said Jason Tatum will be the 2022 NBA's most valuable player. Ooh! I've actually okay. Well, the reason I say that is because Tatum, in his last six weeks, remember he, he never truly has gotten over the COVID. He he still uses an inhaler, and this is a guy that was putting up sixty and fifty and um, what was it like thirty eight and twelve in one game? Thirty eight and twelve. So, 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 he got forty point so, game, fifty point and one and one sixty point. During the duration, he nearly he nearly had a triple double for nearly four games straight. Exactly, and 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 he is the reason Boston even had the seventh slot. If if he had missed any games in the oh, last yeah. six weeks, Boston oh, would yeah. have not made it uh, as an eight seed or a seven seed. They would, and this was actually, and it was actually just very, you know, to me, I think Tatum is the guy that that is going to win the NBA's MVP next year. I just got that feeling. Because if he's healthy, and I'm assuming everyone will be healthy next year, I'm thinking the top two finalists next year will be Kevin Durant and Jason Tatum. Because when you look at Kevin Durant's stats in just the short time that he played, Kevin Durant was averaging close to a 50-40-90, which is crazy for someone like a Kevin Durant statue. So Jesus, like my God. You just look at his stature, you can tell. He uh, he could be just about anywhere, but people will look at him and say he's fragile. Exactly, and and um, bringing in Ash. Ash, what's going on? Catch him. Ash, catch him. You're back. Hey, what's up? What's up? How you doing? Oh, hey. Good, we, we're we're actually just talking about the Nikola Jokic, the Joker, winning the NBA's MVP. Um, what what was your thoughts on that? They yeah, well deserved. Yeah, he had a great season. Uh, I, um, I did. I, uh, no, no, go ahead, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, he had a great year, um, and I'm I'm excited for Game Two tonight with Phoenix. I I, I wanted to ask you this here because the, the Milwaukee um, Brooklyn game on Monday 
the high school, the total was at 49 at one point for Brooklyn. Brooklyn was up by 50 at one point in this game. As, hey, y'all, as, y'all kept yelling at me to, yo, why are you still watching it? Because like, I refuse to watch Monday Night Raw. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's why I said that that I, night. I, was, I, I guess I'm a good soldier because I was watching Raw. But I, I, will, I will say this. Sorry, Big Big Man. You can't get me this week. Call me back on call me back on Friday. I actually will say this here though, when it got to like that when it got to like forty nine points, I literally just started cleaning stuff and just putting stuff away in my house. And then I watched Raw because I was not watching Raw like literally I, I literally, because I have this rule. You know, like Dave Meltzer has the rule of I don't watch New Japan before Raw. And I got this rule of I don't watch Raw after 10 – I don't watch Raw before 10 o'clock because if I do, I'm going to want to watch all three hours so that way I don't have to worry about it later. And I like to watch it right before I do the podcast so that way when I'm already ready to go, I already know the finishes. I already know what the hell happened, and I'm like, okay, I'm ready to go. And I always have that rule, and I was getting ready to turn over there. And I said, no, I said, I'm not going to do it. And then when I did watch it at 10 o'clock, because I have actually seen the first two hours of the show, and I, I, I saw the main event segment, but I've got to just finish up the third hour and finish my notes for this week. But whew, that, that first, the first segment of Raw should not take 15 minutes of AJ Styles talking. Like, I love AJ Styles. But my yeah, God. Yeah, me too. Like, He's they, my they, favorite. I, but I don't they, like but what they, they do. Listen, man. Hey, listen, man, he's one of the best overall wrestlers in the world in the past yep. 25 years. So that's something he, I wanted to get my voice to. because, because I Michael's vibes. Right, because right, I became a fan of his when I first started watching TNA in 2001, 2002. Was when yeah. I first got my first glimpse at him, and I said, who the hell is this guy? Yeah, exactly. And it was the match between him versus Kurt Angle for the title. I, that was that was one that won me the fuck over. Like, okay, keep my eye off of him. He's gonna this triple threat match won me over with with Joe and Christopher Daniels. Oh yeah, yeah the I only five star match in Impact history. Yeah, <laughs> that won me <laughs> over. Yeah, because I was high on Joe too. I, I mm-hmm. thought Joe was gonna do big things in WWE, but then they didn't know what to do with him. <laughs> yeah, and and. I will say this here, though. One thing about AJ Styles, you did say he is right up there with Shawn Michaels as one of the best performers in the last 25 years. But as when it comes to on the mic this year, they have tried to make him into like a 2001 Kurt Angle, where 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 he's where he's where he's trying to be very annoying, and it's not working because because Kurt Angle when he was a heel. You could see why he was a very pompous ass. With AJ, it's very hard to think of him as a pompous ass because literally he's like literally he's literally trying to like talk all this shit and he has like a seven foot almost right behind him. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and then and it, Oh no, go ahead. And it's kinda like like Sean had um Big Diesel as his bodyguard. Like it's yeah. like mm-hmm. I, I hope to God, though, when Omos and AJ break up, that they don't make him like Diesel was. Because everyone talks about how, well, Diesel in 95, 96 was like a really great WWF champion. I'm like, you didn't watch that. You didn't really watch that because. because oh, man. Time, and the opponents that he was not. facing during that time period all sucked. 
He was only good when he was with the right opponent, like with Bret yeah, Hart. Right, Bret Hart. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like, and Bret Hart, uh, Bret Hart, Undertaker, 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 there was also an episode of Monday Night Raw where he, where they had um, Diesel go into the WWF Titan Towers and sing the Merry Christmas song, and he's supposed to be the top guy, yeah, the world right. champion. And I'm just like, I, and, and he's feuding with Mabel on TV, and I'm just oh, like, oh, don't even. Oh no, I remember Yo, and he popped down on the lower back. And he was like, "You brought my back, you fat fuck!" And I was like, "Oh shit!" I, I remember. I remember literally. Jim King Ross Mabel literally said something. <laughs> yeah, King Mabel. Ross- wait, wait. Yo, how did King Mabel really want the king of the fucking ring that year? That still is astonishing. But that's any here or there. Well, well, he was scheduled to win the WWF title. Yeah, he, he was. was. No, he was. He was. Yeah, he, he really. He was. And and and, and remember. It was recorded in the wrestling server at the time in like '97. He was supposed to be the third member of NWO, so yeah. I, I, I would have. I will say this here about King Mabel. He was funny, um, as fun as like because like for example, he wasn't like that time he won the WWF Tag Team Championships. He wasn't supposed to win it, but the problem was his opponent couldn't kick out because Mabel was literally that fast. So literally. <laughs> and, and, and I re- and, and actually I remember on Grilling Jr. Um, Jr. was talking to Conrad, and Jr. always said he had a problem with Big Show and Mabel about their weight because because like for example Mabel and Big Show thought well we're in the professional wrestling business no one doesn't care because Vince McMahon says it's all fake anyway and Jim Ross said yeah but there's still states that. Don't give a shit about that. They they will still take our license because, because uh-huh. you don't lose thirty pounds. And and there was an issue on the road because Mabel had this problem where he watched so much porn, and Jr. actually <laughs> had to have a conversation with him because Vince literally told him he's like he's like Jr. You you gotta talk to Mabel. And Jr. thought it was about the weight, and, and there was people that were saying that. That Mabel had an issue with watching porn, so Jr. was like, "How do I explain to a 500-pound guy he can't be watching porn this much?" So <laughs> I was laughing when he said that story. I, was like, I said, I, "I said, I said, imagine your first day as a head of talent relations, and they tell you that's your first job." I would, I would be mad as hell because I'd be like, "Well, why did I want this job now? This job sucks." Wow. I, I was. It's it's a funny story. Poor Conrad is like laughing and like Conrad is really like trying to like hold it together, but Jr. is like literally being all serious. He's like, he's like, I didn't know what else to tell him. Like, I just told him like, you gotta stop watching porn and stuff. Like. So. I, I will wow. say, I will say though, I will say though, I actually did watch um, an old school match. I watched the 1997 King of the Ring match where um, Triple H beat Mankind because the anniversary of that match was yesterday, where Triple H beat Mankind and won the King of the Ring, and poor Todd Pinnegale can't even hand Triple H the robe or the crown right or nothing. And Triple H is yelling at him like, and 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 I will say though that Vince McMahon on commentary. Was actually really fun with Jr. Like him and Jr. actually called a really good yeah. match, and and yeah, and, I, and and and, yeah, and, and Vince and 
and I and I and I will and I will say though that I did like how Vince would like say like what a maneuver like fifteen times in the match because he really just stopped giving a shit about commentary in ninety seven. He's like, you know what, I'm sick of this shit. I'm just gonna start saying what a maneuver and, and he would and they and they had it where he was like facing the camera and leaned back and said, Oh, what a maneuver like I was like <laughs> I was like I said, No wonder Jimmy Smith and Michael Cole always lay back and just say, Oh my god, like they don't even try now. I'm like I'm, I'm like Vince was just like, you know what, I'm so done being a commentator, like you could just tell this was done, but but even when he was about to be done, he still was fun and like I, I will yeah, say this here though, I, I, I will say this here though, Jr. actually worked best with Vince on commentary. I don't know why, but it's not like they were very insulting or anything. They they actually made good statements and everything. It was just it was very it's actually very weird when you look back at now. Uh, 20 some years later because now you're like well jeez I would have never thought that you know and and you know whenever I have my first son or daughter you know I'm definitely going to show them Vince on commentary and stuff <laughs> because I'm going to because because I because I know they're going to probably like think it's funny and then when they get older they're going to be like oh man this commentary sucks man like like jeez like Excaliburus man I'll be like what like like you don't even respect your legends like <laughs> So I'm gonna have fun doing that, but but oh, but, I, but um and then um I also want to say shout out to Liv Morgan and Caleb Braxton. Their birthdays were Monday, and shout Ooh. out to Tay Conti because she turns 26 today. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. I, I I I will I will say this here though, when Liv Morgan's birthday was Monday, I literally knew it was Monday because. Because, my goodness, C.J. Perry posted about her. You had Raquel Gonzalez. You had everybody post about her. And I, I will say this here. I don't understand why WWE says Carmella's the most beautiful woman because I was just like, I said, I don't have you seen so. Liv Morgan? What the hell is so like, beautiful about that Long Beacon nose of hers? Get the fuck out of here. Like, Liv Morgan, like, Liv Morgan to me proved to me on Monday she was, like, the most beautiful woman in WWE. I'm like, I'm like, she's like, everybody's like, I said, everybody's got like, hey, a Naya picture was, of Liv Morgan. And I thought, Nia looked good on the backstage. Well, well, Nia Jax is beautiful. But 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 they'll actually, like, try to, like, not portray Nia Jax as a beautiful woman. Yeah, yeah, she I, is. I, 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 and and Nia Jax, Jax is literally a legit model. Yeah, so I was like, it's just the way how the company looks at these women is so derogatory. Still, like that, it's like it's like you gotta be a zero plus in order for you to get noticed. But in Nia Jax's case, you see, you know, you see how that goes. I, I will say this here though, I have a feeling that Shayna Baszler's done, you know, crying in a mirror and scared to oh, death and doing man. the ultimate warrior oh. Hulk Hogan WCW <laughs> stuff. I have a feeling they're going to make her. Like I, I have this feeling they're gonna like try to have her get wooed by like Angel Garza, and she's gonna start calling herself the most beautiful woman on Monday Night Raw, like because I just got that feeling because 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 once they because once Shayna Baszler did the screaming and the crying, and that Hulk Hogan Ultimate Warrior WCW thing in the main event, I said this woman is I said this woman's never gonna be having these matches like that ever again, you know I I I've had this feeling Josh Barnett. Turned over to Raw real quick because I'm pretty sure Shayna called him and said, "Hey Josh, I'm going to be in the main event." And Josh, you know, trained her and said, "Oh man, that's awesome! I'm going to check it out." And 
And I bet Josh Burnett after five minutes said, you know what, I'm sick of this shit, man. It's like, I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure you texted me, like, don't ever text me bullshit like this again. Like, I have a feeling Josh Burnett said that. I, and, 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 you know, like, I just got this feeling now that Shayna Baszler, you know, she's not going to be like, it's, it's, it's pretty much over for her. If she, if she, if she wants to be an actual wrestler, um, then her contract expires, she can go somewhere else. But right now, um, she, she's definitely, to, to me, to me, I feel like she's going to be like going like, into the Tamina path because like, cause like there was a time where they actually were trying to get Tamina to be over as a beautiful woman because they put Lana with her and they gave up on that after like a couple yeah. of weeks. But, but, but it was just like, I was just like, I, I mean, I saw her do that ultimate warrior Hulk Hogan thing. I was literally like, I said, you're literally crying and screaming over a doll. And I said, Oh, I said, I, I said, I said, I said, that doll's going to beat her. They're killing Alexa Bliss's character with all this mediocrity bullshit right now, and with no fiend to even enhance his goddamn thing. No fiend, like now no fiend, nothing. So this thing with 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 Alexa Bliss shouldn't even be part of Monday Night Raw until he comes back. But no, they had to pull the trigger on this, and she got to go off on her own with stupid little voodoo doll. And then why didn't Riddle and Orton? I thought they were gonna win that tag. Team, I, I thought oh. so too. And, and, and then, and then, then they the Viking went with Raiders Viking one. Raiders out of nowhere. That and, was and, and, well, well, th- well. This is the thing here. I did like the surprise, but what I did not like was they gave you fifty-fifty bullshit because right after the Viking Raiders won, backstage AJ Styles literally buried them and said, "You guys are wannabe Vikings." And I was, yeah. and I actually agree with AJ Styles because I'm like, yeah, they actually are wannabe Vikings because. They they live off electricity. Vikings didn't live off electricity. They take a <laughs> shower and stuff. I'm like, and almost ate their turkey leg, and they didn't do a damn thing about that. So they just they, – they literally just told me that the Viking Raiders are just going to be in this feud, and then next month we're going to get the Orton-Riddle versus Styles and Omos where Orton and Riddle win the tag team titles. So. Or that could be – or it could be at that time period that RKO is going to come out of nowhere and hit Riddle and he get punted in the head. Yeah, True. something. Yeah, and then and then Riddle fought Kofi. Oh, I, wait. And then, and, and then did, yeah, the, and then did like all Randy's Kofi. finishes in that match, did the draping DDT, try to go for the RKO. Now, now here's – and how they overcomplicate this finish. And um, Blackheart, you agree with this? This was TNA in 2009, where every finish doesn't need to be overcomplicated. The finish should have been Kofi blocks the RKO, he gets trouble in paradise. Instead, Kofi blocks the RKO, they still trade counters, and then Kofi hits uh, the trouble in paradise. And then you got the commentators yelling in your fucking TV saying, oh, well, Riddle took his eye off the ball. Like, no, he didn't. Riddle actually just got outmaneuvered just by one move. Like, they, they did the Vince Russo overbooking stuff of, and I was just like, I said, no. I said, this is, I, I said, I said you had to make something easy into something um, difficult. So, <laughs> and, and, yeah. so, so, but, but um, how about this here, though? Um Getting into the games Tuesday night, though, we had the Sixers beat the Hawks 118-102. Joel Embiid had 39 game one. Game two, he comes out 13 of 15. He's 12 of 16 from three, 13 rebounds, 40 points on the night. Tobias Harris, 11 of 19, 22 points. Ben Simmons, only two of three, 0 of two at the free throw line, 4.7 assists. 
And Trey Young was hailed to one of seven from three, six of 16, 21 yep. points. Um, Bojan Bodanovic, who picked a fight with Joel Embiid, and Embiid, you know, kind of won that. <laughs> 14 points on six of 16, two of six from three. DeAndre Hunter is going to be out indefinitely now, um, from what the reports have been looking like. Uh, what was your guys? What was your guys' thoughts on this game last night? Philly, um, Philly need that bounce back win anyway. Okay, they was not trying to get Molly Wapped again at home, and then having to go try and win two straight games for game yeah. three and four in Atlanta. Uh uh-uh. uh. And B, I don't give a shit if he has a business tear. As much as we all say, you know how these small tears can come to be a blessing in disguise, or maybe it can be someone's downfall, but he's he's on borrowed time right now. So raw maneuver, his leg is gone, he's done. Ash, what was your thoughts on the game? Um, I they adjusted defensively. They put Matisse Thibel more on Trey Young. And um I because I, Danny Green was getting cooked in game one. Oh my god, yeah. And, and, yeah. and he wasn't good in game two, two of six. Yeah. One of five from three, just five points. For some reason, his plus minus was a 12. But that was more for oh, the that that. team carried. Because Embiid carried this team. Embiid technically did. And, and how about this here, though? Interesting stat about this game. There's some interesting stats. First half, Atlanta outscored Philadelphia off the bench 32 to zero. Yeah, they in did. In the second half. In the second half, Philadelphia outscored Atlanta off the bench 26 to 14. Philadelphia starters outscored Atlanta starters 92 to 53. Shake Milton had came off the bench. He had 14 points on yeah. the second half on five eight four five from three. I, Milton turned the game around because when because when Bogdanovich was getting into a groove, Atlanta was still in the game. And then Philly went on like a, an 11-0 run in that third quarter, mm-hmm. and then that, and then Milton towards the end, Milton started hitting shots. Then Philly's bench started scoring, and then the game got out of hand after that. I will say this here though: I thought the problem with Atlanta was in the second half. First, yeah. like first half. Danilo Gallinari was three of six from three. He was five of eight. He had 15 points in that first half. And then in the third quarter, they only played Gallinari three minutes and 46 seconds. And I was just like, I I said, said, if Gallinari is that hot off the bench, you should have kept playing Gallinari in these guys because because all their guys that came off the bench and did everything good in the first half – they didn't have any time in the third quarter, which meant when they got to the fourth quarter, they had to try and get back into that rhythm. And that was very tough to me. I thought Philadelphia got pretty lucky off this 118-102 victory because with the Embiid scoring 40, with Tobias 22, Seth Curry came in on 8 of 13, 5 of 6 from 3. 21 points. Someone on Twitter said if Seth Curry is your third scoring option and he's beating you, he said you're not a serious team. So <laughs> I have to kind of agree because I'm like, I'm like, why'd you let Seth Curry get this hot? I'm like, he was five of six and oh, do you, you know, not know that last name carries some prestigious weight. You know what I'm saying? So it, it does. It, 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 it does. At Duke, it doesn't in the NBA overall for Steph Curry's brother, though. It never has for Steph Curry's brother because because oh. for Steph Curry, right? You know, we Steph get Curry that. Is, we get that though, right? Like we get exactly, that. We understand and, that exactly. And 
And I'll say this here, though. For Philadelphia, this I think they really got lucky because Ben Simmons only was two of three. If Ben oh. Simmons – it, it <laughs> to me – They to need me, to trade him guys next. Because to me, it was just – it was very shocking. It was just like – I said, this guy really only had two of three in he, – he was only – he had four points in 34 minutes played. And he didn't even have to really do anything but just pass the ball and stuff. And he's not even guarding Trey Young. He's not doing that. It's more Thibel than, than Simmons at this point. And Simmons is guarding guys with Bogdan and the Gallinari's. But he's not guarding Trey Young right there. Trey Young is being guarded by other players and being double teamed. And it's just to me – and to me, I was just very – and to me, this is a very – to me, I don't know how to judge this series right now because it's so hard to judge the series in all honesty because because on one side, you look at Philadelphia, and Philadelphia right now does look like they have the momentum. They do have the better shooter in Embiid. But for Atlanta, we saw what they did the in the two games in um, Atlanta when they took on the Knicks. The fans, the Hawks fans, they they got something to be happy for, and I'll tell you this here: Trey Young's going to probably come out and win Game Three. I, I've got Hawks winning Game Three. I just do. Yeah, I think it goes two two. It's going to be going two um, two by Game Four, and um, Hawks is going to win the next one. But the Seventy Six, they're going to bounce back with Game Four. I, I yeah. agree. I agree. Um, how about this here, though? Some, some, just some little nugget stats on the night. Um, Sixers were actually up by 21 at one point. Hawks only had a lead by one. Uh, Sixers outscored the Hawks 52-44. Second chance points was 14 to 11. Sixers fast break points 20 to nine. Sixers, which, um, and on the fast break points, the Hawks were three of three on their nine points. The Sixers were 8 of 8 on 20 points. Um, technical fouls, like I mentioned, was the Gallinari and Bede because, you know, they wanted to try and pick a fight. And Kevin Herter got a defensive three seconds with 5.56 in that first quarter. So, And we bring it into our third and uh, – well, our fourth and final game on this Tuesday night um, of the two games. I want to get this stat out here. There was actually someone in Vegas that betted $100,000 on the Clippers to win game one because, as I mentioned in the last episode that we did, oh. it was the if you bet $100 on the Clippers, you're going to win $138. So someone – listen to me. <laughs> bet $100,000. I, I never said – I never said bet $100,000. I said bet $100. I, I don't know who the hell was – However, however, whoever listens to your podcast must be taking your bet, um, um, your better range seriously, and I mean seriously. I will say this here though: there's actually someone in New Zealand who actually watches me, <laughs> and he sent me this nice message. He said, he said, he said, I'm actually enjoying the 200 podcast. He said he actually enjoyed. He he loves episode five. Um, <laughs> his name is John, actually. And he actually really loved – and he actually has really been loving my show, and he, he gave me this nice message. He just told me to just keep up with the nice work and everything like that. Yep. And I actually had someone in Canada who actually can bet, you know, in for these games and stuff because in Canada it's legal to bet there. But, oh, my goodness. Like someone literally betted a hundred grand, and the payout would have been a very substantial amount. It would have been something beautiful. However – the Clippers actually did lead the first half. They did. And then the second half, their legs just got 
tired because oh, yeah. the Jazz win 112-109. It was a close game. Um, it's kind of one of these things where I usually say, like, I always mention point spreads before I mention that money line because because sometimes you might be, you know, thinking that you're getting hot and you're not. And to me, this was, like, shocking. Um, how about this here, though? The Clippers were up 60 to 47 in the first half. Luke Kennard had 11 off the bench on three or four from three. Um, I, I, and it made me wonder where the hell was Luke Kennard for this Dallas series? Because it's so, because it seemed like to me, all the Clippers are playing way better, except Paul George, because Paul George started off this game. Paul George is starting to become trash. I'm sorry. I, 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 I don't want to upset some of y'all Clippers fans, but, uh, playoff P has been lukewarm. For nearly since the bubble situation, we haven't really seen him come out to be his old self the way that how I used to see him in the Indiana Pacers years ago. So I'm calling you guys out on this. Uh, Y'all be cradling him because they got Kawhi over there. But once he's gone and playoff he is eventually, probably, could be that he can still be there, he's going to fail. I will say this here, though, and you make a great point, Blackheart. You really do. Because the Paul George that we've got in Indiana was not this Paul George that we have now. Because this Paul George in Indiana was the guy that took LeBron to six in Miami. He's the guy that carried Roy Hibbert. He was the guy that had Miles Turner with bad knees. Oh, yeah. This was a Paul George that was a dangerous. They had the launching weapons. really was. They had Lance Stevenson. I can keep going with this damn lineup. Exactly, and and, and 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 it shouldn't have worked on paper. It really shouldn't have with the team that they had because everyone was different. Paul George was the slasher slash scorer. You had Hibbert, who should have been a way better center. Oh yeah, and did not play like that. Stevenson, I, he was slasher at times, and then could be a two way at times. But there was also times where he would be like Tyreek Evans. He just didn't have anything, and. And this was a and, and to me this team really should have to me this this that was a team that you were really happy to see they were they were a defensive team you know and, and people always like mention that the Jazz are like the 2008-2009 Magic and, and I have to mention this here the 2008-2009 Magic beat the Cavs I know this, this Jazz is team is not this Jazz team is not going to beat uh, if the Jazz beat the Clippers. No one's not going to give two shits because, for one, they're going to automatically think the Clippers have always been this way for years anyway. Or or, and, or the famous one, they wanted to avoid LeBron James and the Lakers so they can get an easier cruise, a cakewalk, as it would say, to the Western Conference Finals. And then eventually we're going to be seeing – I'm really going to say Denver or the Suns. I mean, I really do not care about which one that I, I mean, which one that I actually go. But if the Clippers go to the Western Conference Finals and they, and they, and they still lose – and somehow Joker's going to his first NBA final, or Chris Paul finally gets over the hump. I would say this whole thing, Steve Ballmer, you bought a bad team, it's a bust. Exactly. And and I will say this here though, you, you know, I will say this here. Reggie Jackson is actually someone that I, he's he's proven that he's actually a very good offensive scorer. Now in this postseason, three of six, three of five, he was in that first half with nine points. Yeah. You had Demarcus Boogie Cousins. He he actually played, and I was, and this is actually kind of shocking because he didn't play any of the seven game series of Dallas. 
But he came in this game, played the first half. He was two of three. He made a three-pointer. He had six points in that and off the bench. And, and it made me wonder why didn't Tyron Lue play DeMarcus Cousins a little bit more because they could have really used someone like Cousins, you know. And the Jazz in the first half, of course, they started off very slow. Um, they, they shot less than 33%. They shot less than 26% from three. So then the second half comes out and they outscored this. They outscored the Clippers. Um, what was it? 60, uh, 65, 49 in the second half. Donovan Mitchell in the second half, 11 of 16, 4 of 7, 32 points. Bojan Bogdanovic, 3 of 6, 10 points in that second half. Gobert had the game winning block. I, I don't like saying that because I don't like Gobert, but he actually <laughs> did have the game in the block. Um, uh, Marcus Morris Sr. has went cold now. He was one of ten, one of eight for three in the second half. Uh, Paul George was three of ten on 15 points. Kawhi was seven of 13 on 16 points. And it, to me, it just seemed like the Jazz started off slow and then they picked up where it mattered. You know, Jordan Clarkson even looked better in the second half. And, you know, and Donovan Mitchell – in Donovan Mitchell's NBA playoff games that he's played, he's played he's played 146 minutes. He's had 149 points. If the Jazz don't have Donovan Mitchell, their offense is – They would have been dead in the water, I, I, man. They would have been dead in the motherfucking water. Especially with, especially with Memphis and everything. Because yeah. Jordan Clarkson is not playing great basketball, but he's – just enough productive to where it doesn't matter because everyone just talks about the W. But Clarkson has not been shooting the ball well. He was 6 of 14 from 3. He was 6 of 18 overall. Donovan Mitchell had to carry this team with 45 points, 16 of 30, cool. 6 of 15 from 3. Um, you know, it, it seems like to me Gobert plays better than Mitchell is there because Gobert, you know, he had 10 points. He had 12 assists. He did have the two blocks. He had the game winner that I mentioned. Um, Bojanovic, 18 points. And and I will say this here. Donovan Mitchell, what about Joe Ingles? 28 playoff. Uh, Ingles, 3 of 12, 8 points. 1 of 8 from oh, Damn, man. Damn, man. My man Ingles wasn't exactly. doing that well either. So I was kind of shocked about that. Exactly. Um, however, th- however, this is a, a fun stat, though. Donovan Mitchell in 28 playoff games, has actually got 40-plus points. He ties Utah Jazz legend Carl Malone at 40-plus points in four games because Malone did only had 40 only had 40 points in four games in 193 playoff games. So this was actually a um, – this was actually – so that's actually a good step. I will say this here. Um, D. Wade, of course, and Gabrielle Union were at the game. They gave – Donovan Mitchell, his props and everything. Yeah, they better have. You know, exactly. And, you know, I look at the Jazz here. The Jazz should technically win game two, but I don't think they're going to win game two because I will say this here. Mitchell, if Mitchell has one bad playoff game, the Jazz are going to lose because that's how much the offense relies on. So yeah, but so now we're going to have to they see have Joe like, Ingles really coming out to play. You know what I'm saying? Like, he got to be able to give out that 17.3 um, point, uh, point, uh, points per game. Goldberg gotta be the dominating force. The way that he was doing in seat, I mean, um, in game one, he gotta do the same thing in game two. And all the other players that's around him right now needs to all just do their part. Don't be the superhero right now. So that takes some of the pressure off of 
Mitchell, but then again, they better seize up about their opponents and whoever, whatever defensive scheme that they got for for whoever. But more importantly, they're gonna try to shut down Mitchell first and foremost. So a lot of those players, like you just said, Carson, Ingles, Goldberg, um, there's a few of them that I can still name off the top of my head. Uh, yeah, Royce O'Neal needs to definitely pick it up. Oh, yeah. I mean, he was only two of five with eight points. Um, however, however, Royce O'Neal did have 11 rebounds. And, you know, he did have a block and a steal. So so I can't complain as much defensively. But offensively, he definitely does need to pick it up because because they don't have Mike Conley right nope. now. Because Conley was out in this game. And I'm thinking Conley's not playing game two. Um, for the Clippers, though, um, right now, Paul George was 4-17, 3 of 8 overall, 20 points. 10 rebounds, um, kind of shocking in a way. Um, and, you know, Kawhi Leonard was 9 of 19, 23 points. However, how, however Luke Kennard didn't have any – you know, Luke Kennard was 7 of 9, 18 points, 4, 6 from 3. Um, right now, I got to ask um, – Ash, thank you for coming back in, and Blackheart, I got to ask you guys this year, what do the Clippers need to do in Game 2 to get a victory if – they can get a victory. Paul George um, needs to stop me. playing like a fucking pussy. That's what the fuck he needs to do. He needs <laughs> to stop doing this whole playoff P thing. Go back to the Indiana Pacers, Paul fucking George. Yes. He can give a she's of that Paul George tonight. That's going to look at Kawhi Leonard. It's going to be looking at him like, where the fuck have you been? Yes, where the fuck have you been? This whole fucking damn damn damn. Yeah, play, play just like that. The one person that's this one person that's going to be the huge factor is Paul motherfucking George, or George Paul, as Kip Bayless would say. If playoff Rondo, I got to bring it back to my Celtic days. <laughs> if, playoff, if, if playoff Rondo <laughs> starts shooting threes, if he starts shooting threes, you know, you know what could happen. Clippers to win. I, I will say though, I'm very surprised that Tyron Lewis not played Rondo a lot in this series. I, I, I'm, I'm even talking about last series as well because Rondo, Rondo you know, he played really well with the Lakers. Yeah, exactly. And and this Rondo here, you know, to me, I was just, I'm just very shocked, you know, because, but to me, I I guess that Tyron Lue wants to use Rondo more as just a defensive guy. Just when Kawhi and Paul George get tired, or just use it as you know, when Reggie Jackson gets tired, or you know, just need Paul George off the bench, and you have Reggie Jackson be the scorer. To me, in this game, I think what's going to have to happen is Paul George is definitely going to have to play way better. He's definitely going to have to. Kawhi Leonard is going to have to go out there and have close to forty. Paul George is going to need thirty, and Reggie Jackson is going to need to put up twenty-five. And what they're also going to have to do is. They're going to have to if, – if they can stop Donovan Mitchell, I don't think the rest of this Jazz team is going to be able to score. I don't think they're going to have to no. because Clarkson has not been able to score right now as good. So I think if they stop Mitchell, they should be able to win game two. They should be able to. However, I, I don't know. Um, it's it's very hard to say right now. It really is. But I but I but right now, right now it is looking like the Jazz – should definitely win game two. Um, so we've covered all four NBA games tonight. Tonight, there's only one game on tap. This is actually really feeling weird, and the game doesn't start till 9.40 p.m. So that's very, very – and, and then they wonder why NBA ratings are down, but whatever. Um, 
Tonight we've got the Denver Nuggets at Phoenix Suns game two. It's the point spread is plus five and a half for Denver, meaning that Denver has to lose this game by five or less to win your bet or just win outright. For Phoenix, they need to win by six or more to win the bet. I'm going to put everybody on the spot here. Ash, um, who, who you got? The plus five and a half, or are you going to take Phoenix minus five and a half? Um, I say Denver wins probably by five. So, so you got Denver just winning? Okay. Yeah, I got Denver winning. I think it's a. I think they have to. I, I will say this yeah. year though, if the Nuggets win, because the money line is at a plus one eighty. If you were to bet two hundred dollars, you you win five hundred and sixty dollars. That's a three hundred and sixty dollar payout. So keep that in mind for all betters. Uh, Blackheart, what about you? Game two tonight got to go to Denver. It gotta be Joker's. Uh, Joker gotta come out with a force. He gotta facilitate. He gotta lead on his team to do that motherfucking part, but most importantly, the X factor of all this is going to be Michael Porter Jr. He's, you know, he's going to have the highlight game. game. He's going to have the highlight game of the night. That's all I got to say about that. Um, so, so you're taking Denver plus five and a half? I will, I will, I will take the five and a half because I seem a little bit too risky, but I'm going to give it by three. Okay. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say Denver does take the plus five and a half. And here, and here's why I think what's going to have to happen. If Jokic has 30 and can have the 10 assist, they're going to be good. Michael Porter Jr., like you've said, has got to play better. But Monte Morris and Austin Rivers are going to need to be those guys that have to come out because Austin Rivers has played with Chris Paul. I mean, they were both Clipper teammates. So Austin Rivers should definitely know what to do now with Chris with the with Chris Paul in this. And I think Austin Rivers should definitely come out and have a better game. Monte Morris needs to definitely come out and have a way better game. Um and I'm gonna say Denver plus five and a half. Uh total points is two twenty-five, we're gonna say. So um over under on two hundred and twenty-five points, guys. Everyone? Under, my fault. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I would say uh, under. Okay. I'm actually going to go over. I'm actually going to go over 225. I'm, I'm that crazy. <laughs> and uh, Thursday, we've got two games on tap. Um, we've got the Brooklyn Nets, Milwaukee Bucks. Um, Brooklyn is a plus four now. The money, the, the point spread has now moved up to plus four. I'm taking the Nets plus four. Give me them. I'm, I'm hitting the guarantee of the Charles Barkley, whatever, I'm hitting that. They're they're taking that plus four. I'm welcoming in Jake. Uh, Jake, what's up, man? What's up? Uh, the plus four to me. Uh, sorry, I just heard on that last comment. Like that's just doesn't that seem fishy, kind of? Like it is. It seems like to me like some referees might call some BS calls, and it's going to go the other way for Milwaukee. It's about some way. It, it, it's going to be a sports center. That's all right. I really have to. I love. I love it. I love it. Hey, Jake, make sure to give me a follow, man. I'm going to follow you right now. And I'm going to follow you too, Jake. I got you all. No, go ahead. Go ahead, Jake. Oh, no. What do you all think of the – I don't know if you talked about it, but the point spread tonight for Suns Nuggets. Oh, we just got into that. Um, Yeah, yeah, we just got into that. uh, I've said Denver plus five and a half, but but it's hard for me to say Phoenix 
minus six uh-huh. because they did cover the last point spread, and I'm very skeptical that they can do it two times. I'll tell you my I'll tell you my approach to like how I bet it, and then I, I'm just like I'll see like how, what you guys think. But yeah, what I do is like I I look I identify the team that I think will win the series, and I look for like games to bet them, right? So, nice. like, for mm-hmm. example, yeah, no. So, for example, I'm only looking to bet like the Nets. I'm only looking to find spots to bet the Suns. But I do think that today, like, if I had to make a bet, it would be Denver. Like, it, it, just because it's like you, you figure you'll get the a bounce back game from them. They're usually pretty good in game two. Like, they make good adjustments, and, and I I think that you know they'll come uh, out. I, like, go ahead. Oh no 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 no! I, I was actually agreeing with you because because you know this the, the plus five and a half. If you bet a hundred dollars yeah. on the Nuggets plus five and a half, the payout is one ninety. That's a ninety dollar profit, and that's more than all your money back basically. So that so it's really hard to really not go with something that like right there. Um, uh, player props. Uh, I've never done these player props before, but. But but hey, we got enough people, so so why not? Um, Zach, man, you about to become my new bookie, man. <laughs> <laughs> you about to become my new fucking bookie, guy, dog. Real really talk. <laughs> but, but but it's it, you know it's just so much fun to talk about betting because one thing there's one thing that we can all agree on. You know, we all want to have some money so that way we don't have to go to work at our regular jobs the next day. Like, you know, like, 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 who said who says it's not wrong to double your money on the light bill? No one has ever told me that wrong. So blame Vegas. Um, I love it. Blame Vegas. Blame the mafia. All that shit. I, I will say this here though. Um, how about this here for the player props? Chris Paul, his it's over nine assists tonight. It's plus one hundred mm. or under. Nine assists minus one twenty nine. The plus one hundred, you know, will win you back double your money, and the minus one twenty nine on a hundred dollar bet will win you seventy eight dollars. I don't want the under in that. I think yeah, it's still uh, shooting still a little bit limited. You know, Ash, what about you? Go ahead. Wait, what's the question? Uh, Chris Paul over or under nine and a half assists tonight? I say it's under. Yeah, I'm gonna say under. under okay. Peter? I would go I'm over. Gonna go over. Me too. I'm, yeah, I would go over too. I say I'm gonna he, give you yeah, slightly under. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go the best bet of the night. Nikhila Jokic is a minus one hundred three for over six and a half assists. A hundred dollar payout. A hundred dollars will get you a ninety eight dollar payout. You can't say no to Jokic over yeah. six and a half assists. Man, come on, that's the easiest. That's an easy, easy bet. Yeah, that's easy money right there. I mean, yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, I would talk about the double doubles, but the double doubles are all so high. Jokic yeah. is at a minus three thirty five. Um, Aiden's at minus one thirty four. I don't see Aiden getting that. And Chris Paul is at a plus one fifty. But I'm not relying on the Chris Paul double double because remember, this is he's only had one playoff game where he was actually in double figures. So I'm not trying to go shoulder. too far on that horse. Yeah, I think yeah. he could get like six assists or something, but right. 
What's the um? What's what's Booker's points? Um, Booker's points. Oh, let me check. Do, 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 do. Um, player props. Uh, for Booker, it's over twenty-eight and a half tonight. That's minus one thirteen. Really? However, however, the Bookers in Vegas don't know which one to go with because it's minus one thirteen for the under twenty-eight and a half. I do not I'm, want the over. Yeah. I, yeah, I would have to have be the the reliable force in tonight's matchup. So I'm gonna go under with that one. Um, I'm actually gonna I'm actually gonna do another good bet here. Austin Rivers is over nine and a half. That's a plus one ten. So I got a feeling Austin Rivers is gonna be able to get ten points. I, I just got that feeling. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I got I got so much re- reliability in the brotherhood of Duke. That. <laughs> look, 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 Austin look, Rivers has been my new favorite player in these playoffs. <laughs> here's here's the thing with him. He'll either get like two or twenty. You know, right? Yeah. He's a point flip. Yeah, That's he was tricky. like how have. Jeff Green was in Boston. Mm-hmm. Oh, good point. Yeah, yeah and, bro. And, you remember the or or Brian Scalabrini, even though he only played like <laughs> Brian Scalabrini. <laughs> <laughs> my, head, my hair just turned red when you said that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, chill out, Andy Dalton. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, hey, Jeff Green up. led us in scoring one year. <laughs> yeah, I remember I, that. I, I, um, Blackheart, Black, Hey, Blackheart, I got this question here to ask you here. Michael Porter okay. Jr., um, over 19 points or under 19 points? That's what the odds are saying. He's a plus 120 for over um, 19 tonight. Hmm. He, ha- he has to be the expert there. So I'm going to go over At least a 21-point game or something like that. He's got to be able to agree. 15 points is not, is not going to cut it. Um, Jake, we had Ash and Blackheart both say that the total points for 225 was actually going to be under for them. Are you saying over? over. Or... Okay. Okay. Um, okay. In, in any in any Suns game, I'd, I'd play on. I'd be looking at under. Where I looked it over. Um, how about this here, though? But let's now get into the Brooklyn game for Thursday. It's Brooklyn plus four. I'm still taking that. I, I just got that feeling for them. Um, what about you guys? You guys taking Brooklyn plus four or Milwaukee minus four? I'm going to take Brooklyn. I'm going to take Brooklyn for game three. That's going to lead the Bucks against the wall that they have must win game four. Yeah, I'm going I'm to take Brooklyn plus four. Yep. I mean, I don't want Milwaukee at all. Like, at, at any part of the series, I do not want Milwaukee. Oh, wow. It'd be I mean, I, I hate the Nets, but Me too, I, I think but. The, they're just too much. I, I will say this here, though. The background, someone's got, like, an ice cream truck. I swear to God, that sounds like that should be, like, in the movie for It. I would, I would, I would say whoever that had the ice cream in the background, give me a nice banana float. <laughs> I, 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 was, I, was, I was gonna say probably run away from that because because it seems like the kind of music that you would play to start the it movie or something. So <laughs> that's that's all I'm saying. I'm, I'm like, man, this is kind of some weird shit right here. I'm like, wow. like, 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 man, like, man, we went from sports podcasting to horror movie now. Like, right. Geez, like, oh. right, the Mr. Frog, right, the Mr. Froggy truck just comes strolling down the street nine o'clock at night. What are you doing out here so late? <laughs> the mass crowd is coming out. It's like, Jimmy. 
How about this year, though, for total points? It's over 234.5, which means over 235. So it's an over or under for you guys at 235. I don't want the under in any Nets game. <laughs> um, I yeah, know that they, they played good defense, over. yeah, but I, I don't see their defense keeping up like that. If this if this goes up to 240, I will say under. But if it's at 235, I will keep it at the yeah. over 235. Um, for the Clippers, Jazz tomorrow night. This one's interesting. Yeah, exactly. The Clippers are a plus three, and the Jazz are minus three. The Clippers are again a money line underdog at plus 123, and the over under is 222. So, what's everyone thinking? Here's the thing. I think the Clippers, there's a ton of value on them. The Clippers are the two best players in the whole series. And they, and they could possibly the still game. lose. Um, I don't think so. I, you I, don't I, think I'm so? A, I think the Clippers are going to win the series, yeah. But, I, mean, but, I mean, but here's the thing about the Clippers, though, right? The Clippers, it's just like they fill out opponents, and then when they play from behind, they try to catch up so fast within the third quarter. That sometimes if that don't fucking work, then it's all Kawhi and, and no Paul George. They both have to play well for the whole damn series in order for them to at least get out of maybe five or six games. Otherwise, they're solidly going to go for seven. Right. I mean, I could be uh, wrong. I just I think I like the Clippers this series. We'll see. I, I'm actually going to go. go get, the, oh no! Go ahead, Blackheart. I was going to say for game two there, I'm going to have to go with the Clippers too, man. I think this is going to have to be – this has to be Paul George's bounce back game. He has to go back to play like he was in the Indiana fucking paces, as I said earlier in this episode. And I'm still sticking to my guns on that. So if he doesn't show me that, this, all this is going to go straight down. I'm actually going to say the Clippers plus three. Yeah. For the over-under is 222. I'm actually going to go over. Um – I'm not touching that money line, though. Um, I, I know there was a, a Clipper better last night in Vegas who's probably sick to his stomach and trying to hide away from his bookie right now after he bet at 100K on the Clippers. But <laughs> Jeez. I, 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 I really wish he didn't listen to my podcast because when I said that $100 bet pays out, 138 this guy threw down a hundred thousand dollars and i'm just like man, why'd you do that i'm like why did you do that man i didn't even he should have taken it he, he could have had plus four and he would have won exactly and i was just like I said, oh you, you crazy guy so um but i'm gonna go ahead and just say that though um for friday's game we can preview that um yeah. it's the sixers hawks the Sixers are only the favorite by minus one and a half, and the Hawks are the underdog plus one and a half. Um, the over, the over, the over to me is at two twenty-five. I would say buy this over before this over gets too high. It's a tough game. Um, Hawks at home. I don't want to bet against the Hawks at home. I'd, I'd, I'd actually take the Hawks, but that's probably. I, I totally agree with Jay. Hawks really? at home. Hawks at home. Trey Young is going to have the massive game. He needs to be able to score thirty-five. Yeah, I think I think for sure they split these next two, but until you know, until I see the Hawks lose at home, I don't know if I can. Exactly, and and both these teams are just evenly. They really are both teams like literally evenly, like literally with Dallas Clippers. It was more Dallas that was the favorite, no matter what. Right. With this, this is like the first series. 
And I thought the Hawks Knicks were going to be that way, and they were for the first two games. But oh hell they, no! You're but right. They, but, well, the first two games, point spread wise, they were close though. They were neck and neck. Knicks and is after still that, trash, no matter what lineup that they did. The only thing that they did right was bringing the right head coach. That was the only move that they made, and one player stood out for the rest of the damn pack, and that was Derek fucking Rose. Even though clearly we all know that him and Thibodeau has a history from the previous scene that they played with before. So obviously they know how to play. It's just everyone is is is, is everybody else is a mixed core of either a ten year veteran to rookies and sophomores right now. So I wouldn't be looking at it from that from from that way, saying like, okay, with this lineup we could definitely be. You know, top four. See, I never would even imagine. I will say, I will say this here though, that the Hawks actually led the NBA in under them and the Miami Heat were under in total points all year, and now the Hawks, you know, have came out and been more offensively better for some reason in the postseason because usually the Nate McMillan in the regular season had this team playing at a slower pace and everything. To me, I'm gonna still say the Hawks plus one and a half because. I, I don't I don't know how to judge this game. This game is so close to call, and it, literally I feel like if you're a better on Friday night, I have this feeling that all betters are going to lose in some form of fashion. <laughs> I, I really do because because there's yeah. just because there's just a lot of games where the house always wins, and this is actually a case in point of the house <laughs> always wins because I can't I literally can't off the top of my head think. Okay, well, is this Philadelphia's game because again Embiid has had two great games, but on the other hand, Trey Young had had it, let's say Trey Young is hot from three and he's four of seven on the night or he's five of nine. That's why he's going to come up with that thirty-five point game and somehow some way you you uh, you're going to see that Reggie Miller pop out and I would be laughing too. The issue with the Sixers is their bench. It's just they give them nothing. Like the Hawks have a good bench. Exactly, yeah. and, and, and 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 it's and it's very odd to say Shake Milton is the yeah, best no. offensive player for Philadelphia. It's not Matthias Stiebel. It's Shake Milton. It's it's very weird to say that. Yeah, I I, I, I will say this here though, as as far as. This goes here for Atlanta. If Kevin Herter and Bojan Bojanovic are off that bench, um, or no, sorry, not um, Gallinari. Yeah, and and if if Gallinari and Herter are hot off the bench, play them in the third quarter because in that third quarter they didn't play any bit in the last game, and that's what really hurt Atlanta was they only got three minutes in that third quarter, and that and that's really yeah. what hurt their confidence right off the bat because – and that's one thing about Atlanta. Atlanta is showing their is showing their youth in this series because because they really are not yes. able to really keep up with a lead. And whenever they do have a hot hand, they just don't know what to do. So so, so, that, so that is the, definitely the big things um, going on here. Um, and, I, and I wanted to mention mm-hmm. this here, Jake – um, if you um, are not busy Saturday night, late Saturday night, early Sunday morning for some people, I am going to be having a UFC 263 post show where we only cover the main card only. I'm not watching no prelims. I'm covering main card only. So, so, so if anybody wants to come out, Ash, Black Card, I'm letting all of you guys know. I'm going to keep reminding everybody throughout the week. Uh, the, re- the reason I say that is because 
the two big there's actually three big fights um the co the the match before the co-main event is leon edwards nate diaz it's the first ever five round non-main event ufc wow so so and nate diaz is a plus 400 underdog so so for some betters that are listening, you know, they're here in that plus 400, and I know they've got the chuchin right in their eyes. So, <laughs> so, so um, I, 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 so, so, someone's going to go and bet some large amount on Nate Diaz, and then I'm going to have to hear on Sunday night how Nate Diaz lost, and I feel bad for this better because he listened to my stupidity on these, on these shows. But, so, then again, um, that, but then again, that better is his own man. So regardless if it was the person that bet 100k on the Clippers, which I'm still baffled about, still. But in this case, even I, outside into USC, is not going to be bidding on anyone that I don't think I have a sure, sure solid chance, or at least someone that I actually fucking know. And because of circumstances, whatever. Exactly, and 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 um, of course, the co-main event will be for the UFC's um flyweight championship. It will be. I believe, yeah, because it's the flyweight. Yep, yeah, it's the Davison Figueredo taking on Brandon Moreno. It is the rematch of the last UFC fight of the pay per view to close out the year, where both these men actually won their first round match ups, and then they fought each other two weeks later, and Figueredo actually broke Moreno's orbital bone. So now it's a rematch, and Figueredo has only lost one fight in his career. He this fight was a no contest. Or I'm sorry, a majority draw, and Figueredo Moreno. Uh, Figueredo is the favorite minus two thirty. I'm still going with Figueredo, but I'll tell you what though, Brandon Moreno. He he's got the for some reason he's he. I, I I'm trying to think. He he reminds me of the boxer um that said no moss um what was his Roberto, name? Roberto yeah, 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 exactly. Brandon Moreno reminds me of the Roberto Duran that did not say no moss because because when you look at boxing history, Roberto Duran is actually technically one of the best boxers ever, but he's always remembered for saying no moss because but then again but then again you shouldn't have been talking shit about Sugar Ray Leonard's wife so um or, and and or him either you know I say like him like him as a man you know I that's, and that's well, something it, that even any man would not fall for. Exactly, but 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 it's different though if he just talks about you. But when then then he gets in your family and shit, then it's more different. But Roberto Duran, though, is um, he's definitely one of the greatest boxers to me. But to me, he's always just gonna be remembered for those two words. And then of course we have in our main event, it's going to be Israel Anyasanta taking on Marvin Venatori. It, Venatori is a plus 200 favorite. How did he get this um, opportunity? He beat Kevin Holland on the UFC on ABC2 because I'm a big, big proponent of UFC being on ABC. And I hate that they're at a 3 p.m. on the two shows that they've been on, but they've had two great shows on ABC. And Israel Anyasanta is coming off the only loss in his UFC career. However, that was at light heavyweight when he lost to Jan Bihovich in the five-rounder. So uh, I still say this is Izzy's division, and Izzy has proven that he is the predator of the 185 division. Um, and, and I will say this here, though. If you're a UFC fan— or a pro wrestling fan. If, let's just say pro wrestling fan, for example. I'm just going to put you guys in this. John Amick would be perfect 
for professional wrestling if he ever left the UFC. That's how good John Amick is. If he goes to WWE, he's crap. But if he goes to AEW or Impact or somewhere, John Amick is going to be bigger. John Amick, to me, could be as big as Jim Ross. Because he's literally that great on commentary. I love John Amick. He's he's very precise. He's very um, witty. But in WWE, if John Amick went to WWE, he would be crap. He really would be because they would – Vince would make him speak these verbiage languages. Yeah, I was just going to and, say, and I think you're worth that because if Vince McMahon is in your ear and he says no, <laughs> like, you say like, and he, and he's going to be like, no, don't he's say listening. that. You know what I'm saying? Already off rip, you're going to be like, damn, I got the handcuffs on me. And that's exactly. bad. And, 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 and here's the thing here too. Did you know that there's three guys in Jimmy Smith's ear on Monday nights? It's Kevin Dunn, Michael Cole, and Vince McMahon. Yes, actually, that 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 is that is too many people to be in my fucking ear. If you know, if Vince, I can understand, but why does Kevin Dunn and Michael Cole have to be in my ear? Because that's just that's more annoying. Because because Jimmy Smith. You know, in, in no offense, in three weeks he's either going to be worse or he's going to be the next Michael Cole because because Jimmy Smith's got a witty voice and a sports announcer's voice, but you can tell he's starting to turn into Michael Cole, and and whenever Jimmy Smith says something, you can tell whenever he gets quiet and he's getting yelled at in his ear or something because he's not yeah. getting good because because for example he said belt. On Monday, and I was like, "Oh my God, this man just got yelled at." I, because because he didn't say anything for another minute, and I was like, Ooh. "Like," and I, I will say this here though, you know. But John Amick though, he is just a perfect. And one thing about John Amick in the UFC is, you know, Dana White's not in his ear or nothing because Dana White's not really that type of person. I mean, he listens to the commentary at times, but he's not. And and even when John Amick has to do advertising and stuff. Someone's mm-hmm. literally sliding him a cue card and stuff, and it's. But John Emick to me, though, I will say this here: he is he is what you want in a professional wrestling announcer. And I wish people would really see more of John Emick because he really is very good at his job. Daniel Cormier and Joe Rogan, they work. I think they're the best three man unit I've ever seen. And and I'm not really a fan of the three man units in commentary. I understand it, but I'm not a fan of it because because I feel like sometimes. <laughs> Three man commentaries don't do well in AEW and yeah. they make it work good, but in any other company, it doesn't ever work good. It just never does. You're right, absolutely. Yeah, it can only be the two man group, and that's it. Exactly, and and, and, I, and, I, and, I, and I will say this here though, it's it's definitely um very something to to just see though because you know, but but Amic though, you know, I'm definitely looking forward to just hearing this commentary though. So we're definitely going to be doing that UFC show. Late Saturday night, early Sunday morning. I don't know what time the UFC show ends because it does start at 10 p.m. But if the fights, say the Nate Diaz, Leon Edwards goes five rounds, and all these fights go five rounds in the main card, It'll probably like one one thirty in the morning. Exactly. Dog. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. So, but but if, but even if no one shows up, I'm I'm still gonna review it, and you know everybody can check it out on Spotify. Um, how about this year though? Um, we're gonna close up the show today with the Boston Bruins. <laughs> They oh, are. They, they better are win the today. Money, they better win tonight. They they are. They play in about five minutes. They are the money line favorite at minus one thirty nine at the New York Islanders. Winner faces the Tampa Bay Lightning that beat my Carolina Hurricanes. Um. Well, actually, well, if the Islanders win, they face the 
um, Lightning. And the Islanders actually look like they can beat the Lightning. But if Boston wins, Boston keeps it alive. So um, I will ask Ash and Blackheart this here. Is Boston winning tonight? Yes. Yeah, and we are home, so we should not be losing on our home floor tonight. I mean, on our home ice tonight. Excuse me, I forgot. I'm in the terminology more than that. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I agree. I agree. Uh, actually, no, they're at New York. They're actually at New York tonight. So they're actually at New York. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And and if it goes to Game Seven, it will be Friday at seven thirty. Which, um, how, how, however, SmackDown is a good show. So, I, in honor of you, I would watch the game seven, but I would put it on the iPad and watch SmackDown uh, on the big screen. So, I, I like I'm gonna have to do it. Floor. I'm gonna have to do it through two phones. Then that's gonna be the case. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but that but that's how. Um, anything else to close out this show today, guys? Um, go ahead. You know, if you got if you guys want to give out some shoutouts or something, go ahead. Um, are, are you gonna do any review for the NXT pay per view? I, I will. I will. Oh, in your house. Uh, in your yes. house. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You come on now. Come on. We we know we gotta. You, you know we gotta do takeovers and all that. We man, y'all. Man, through. you. Exactly. You're lucky that we're on a season break right now. So I'm. I, I'm gonna say I'm on a nice little vacation. So I'm not supposed to really be doing podcasting. But you know, I, you know, when when you started at first, like I did, like last year, so you kind of caught that bug, and then now you just start to, like get all of that creative energy out. So I'm like, what I have said before, if you, if you when you come back from your season break and you're on locker room doing your shows live, I, I'm definitely gonna be coming in and. Definitely. Um, if you let me be a co-host, I'll definitely come in. You know, because 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 I, I know that you'll be talking about wrestling stuff, and you know I'm already you know all wrestled and everything like oh, that. Oh man, listen, bro, it's not even just me on this thing. Like I have like the whole NWO Bullet Club type of staff around. So it's Uncle Fast, it's E Dukes, it's Karu. Uh, He's gonna be like a special guest like once in a while type stuff. Um, then you got Cyber Yay. Then you got Big Mike. Um, who else am I missing? And then you got Bobby Gunplay. So that's already like seven of us and then including myself. So if you want to be joining and join the group, you know what I'm saying? I'll be more than welcome to. Oh, def- 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 definitely, because it definitely does take a lot more off my voice so that way I can focus more on oh, yeah. my podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's one thing about me. I want to be like co-hosted some other shit so that way I'm not always like... Yeah, so... Yeah, so like, I'm always um, breathing like... Yeah, reach out to me and shit that I can put you in the bubble on Messenger and shit like that, and then I'll walk you through how everything works and shit like that. You know, you know how that whole thing goes. Yeah, def- yeah definitely. Um, what you call it? Um, you have Twitter, right? Yeah. Okay, um, just just find me on Twitter, um, because my Twitter at, let me get you my Twitter at, so that way you can just DM me all this stuff. Um, is it the key minute part? I mean, is it the key with you on your podcast? Is it, or, or like uh, that no, no, or? no, it's actually PG twenty four and a long underscore. It'll say um, ML with uh, the cash emoji and the king crown, and it's a Kevin Durant photo that I had up here on locker room. No, you already got me now. OTCR is officially following you. Oh God, that, you already following me. All right, cool. I'm following you back now, so. 
So now, so that, so now that way, so now that way, you can be able to DM me and all this um stuff. So yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, Ash, you can follow me on there too if you want. If you got Twitter, I don't know, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got Twitter. I got ask the I, same, I, I think, yeah. Ask the same invitation goes to you too, man. I mean, we're always looking for new blood to come on, uh, to come in and be part of the crew and shit. So you'd be more than welcome to. I mean, you see that you already right. yeah. know what you're talking about when it comes to the wrestling. So I'm really gonna walk you through everything. So I'm like, you know what? Let's just do this. <laughs> you, you, you know, you know, you know, I feel, you know, I feel Blackheart when me and you and Ash are doing these, um. The three, we, we're literally a three man commentary team, and I just said three man Yeah, we that are. We are. You, you know, <laughs> yeah, that you is know, true. You know, <laughs> you know, you know me, me and Blackheart are like Bishop uh, McMahon and Jerry Lawler, and Ash is like Jim Ross. He's like getting just like very little snippets said. Like, yeah. like me and Blackheart <laughs> are just like Jerry Lawler. <laughs> we're literally calling him. And, like, and this is like, just oh, me yeah, just being right. at Jerry the King Why? <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I dropped out. I mean, I would have loved to be like a Jim Ross or some shit, but, <laughs> but I mean, but, it's a fuck slobbering it, fuck it. No, actually, matter of fact, man, you must have just called me Jim Cornette. I'm done. <laughs> I mean, so, I'll so take Jim Cornette because people have actually told me that before. And I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. I'll be the black Jim Cornette. I don't give a fuck. I'm brash as shit anyway. <laughs> so, so does that make me the Brian Last of the Jim Cornette podcast? Mm, I will hope not, but <laughs> I, mean, I will hope not really. But I, I like, I, I yeah, like but Brian just the Lash. way that you made it sound like you made it sound like it's just like that. <laughs> I, I, I do like Brian Last though. I do actually like him. I've sent him some questions to the Cornette podcast, and you know, I like yeah. Brian Lash. He, he's he's a good he's a good guy. You know, I've I've never had a problem. You know, I actually I actually do find him a lot more better. Hey, than Ash, uh, than make sure you follow us off the top roast podcast on on Twitter, and then I'll eat, and then I'll get inbox you too with that stuff. Okay, yeah, I got you. All right, and and um, anybody else got anything to say before I close up the show? Because I'm gonna give my um my oh big yeah thought of the day. Um, shout out to us OTCR. Follow us the podcast on Anchor, Google, Breaker, Spotify, SoundCloud, Podbean, uh, YouTube. Google, anything else I missed? Oh yeah, and Audia as well. A U A U D E A dot I O. It's like another um former version of YouTube. So you'll check we all be able to check us out. And buy it and you know what I'm saying and purchase the t shirts at www dot bonfire b o n f i r e dot com slash on the top roast podcast. You'll be able to find the merchandise there. And we're on season break, so we we'll back on the season. Shout out, right. shout out to the shout out to the baconers and baconettes from Uncle Fats. I'm all speaking of him right now. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I want to just um, say special. I actually want to um, have, uh, have a good one. Oh, no, go ahead, Ash. Go ahead, Ash. Go ahead. Can't wait for tonight's game. We'll see what happens. Um, yeah, I'm on Twitter, Jets three 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 three. Yeah, follow me. And I'll be around. Shits. Shits, three, three, three. Yeah, it's four, yep, three. Found you, man. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I got you, man. Um, and I'm going to actually end out the show on two things. Um, first thing, I want to um, say that um, – sorry if I get a little emotional, guys. Forgive me. Um, my aunt Gail's uh, funeral was today. She um, – died of a stroke um 
So um, kind of a little, uh, a little. She wasn't too too old, but wasn't really young neither. Um, but um, just want to say my special shout outs to my aunt Gail um, because um, they did not know if her funeral was going to be in North Carolina today or not. But it was, and I'm actually glad it was. So that way, of my family did not have to go to Atlanta. Um, and um, just want to give a special shout out to um, my second mother, Pam Bass. Whoever, um, whenever she watches the show, um, I hope I make you proud, mom. And I love you. And um, I'm glad that you got my card and loved it. And to um, close out the show. Um, we're going to close out with something funny. If you ever go on TikTok and you ever hear a girl say that she's an international super spy, close the video because it never ends good because it's literally sad. Ooh. <laughs> it's funny as hell. It really is because, because I, literally, I literally opened up my TikTok for the first time in like a week. I, I go on TikTok – once a week because there are some funny videos and I was looking and all of a sudden you know this woman you know I, and I like the song this song's catchy it, and this girl said that my parents thought I was going to be a doctor or a lawyer I'm like oh that's cute she, she just didn't want to be one and she said so I fell in love with my prison pen pal I said okay I'm done so I closed that half <laughs> and I haven't opened it back up since today so um creepy <laughs> but uh, that's all for the keeping it 200 podcast i will be back tomorrow um around this time because of course ash and blackheart will probably be with me because we're going to be talking about monday night raw and wwe nxt and then friday will probably be off and then saturday we'll be back for two shows technically because we'll be reviewing smackdown and AEW and it will be the UFC show later tonight. But I want to say also thank you to- shout out to Dark Side of the Ring. New episode Thursday, 9 p.m. And the next one is going to be a fun Dynamite Kid. <gasps> oh, so man, uh, uh, be I, prepared. I say- and I've been catching I, I, up on my Dark Side of the Ring, so I suggest y'all should too. I still gotta rewatch the Ultimate Warriors, and I gotta watch um the dead last one that I missed. Which was, I, I, I think, Grizzly Smith and Jake the Snake Robert's father. That's why I, 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 I got watched now. I will say this here though, I've actually been watching the A and E WWE documentaries. That's just so trash. That's why. I, so, 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 so that's that's why I haven't been watching Dark Side of the Ring. I Folks, like that's just trash, man. Don't even waste your capability on that, man. Go right well, to motherfucking well, bites. It's already in my cable package, so it's just like I might as well. <laughs> you know, I, I don't watch it live. Now, I've never said I've watched it live. I, 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 I catch it. I catch it, but I'm just like getting ready. To I mean, go I to watch bed it if stuff. it's on, but it, I, I watch it like I watch it when I'm getting ready to go to bed or something, or I wake up like really early in the morning because because it's just easy. But I don't watch it like live. No, um, the Dark Side of the Ring that I last watched was the Nick Gage one, and I just didn't like the Nick Gage one for some reason. Too extreme. Um, it actually, it, well. Usually, like it's it's just a it was a weird one to me. I just I will say though, John Moxley was funny as hell when he said Nick Gage is the type of guy Vince McMahon would die for. And then it made me think of that segment on Raw Monday. I was like, yeah, I I doubt that. I, I doubt I, I doubt Nick Gage would actually 
agree to do some bullshit like that. I doubt he really would. <laughs> that, that doll segment. Could you see? Could you really see Nick Gage really doing that, or would you just see Nick Gage telling Vince to go f himself? <laughs> Tell Vince to go fuck himself. Exactly, exactly, exactly. He would never, he would never do that. You know, I wish, I wish New Jack was actually, actually in WWE at one point because. Oh, uh, God bless his soul, man. Yeah, oh rest in peace, God. New Jack. I will say this here though: if New Jack had did that, I, 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 I could see New Jack like, and I, I will, I actually do remember the very funny story of New Jack because he always talked about his WWE tryout. And Dean Malenko told him, "Don't if he, he said if you see Vince, don't say hi or nothing." And New Jack's like, "Why?" And Dean said, "Just don't do it." And Vince came around the corner, and New Jack said, "Hey, how you doing, Miss McMahon? I'm trying out today, and I hope I make you proud." And Vince just looked at him all funny like, and he said, "He said someone came up two minutes later and gave him a $500 check and." And he literally said, F this. And, and then MVP and him went and had um, seafood right across um, where they were training. And MVP said, man, I really hope I get to WWE. And New Jack said, man, fuck them motherfuckers. <laughs> I, was like, I, I, said, I said, yeah, I said, that's. I said that's New Jack. I said I said that was definitely New Jack to the T because he really wasn't all because I because it's not like he didn't hate MVP. It's just like it's just like man, I ain't trying to hear that shit, man. He just told me to go help myself. So, but um, and and hey, I want to give a special shout out to um, what you call it? If Cat Dinning sings ever gets single, that's the two broke girls. That's the Darcy Lewis from the um TV show WandaVision on Disney Plus. Um, I would love if Kat Dennison's came to me, but uh, she has that weird stupid boyfriend. Um, go follow her on Instagram, and you'll actually see her stupid boyfriend. But, but um, yes. But anyway, so that's it for keeping it 200, episode 20. Thank you, Ash, for coming in. Thank you, Blackheart. Um, thanks for coming in. We're 20 episodes in. We're the next goal is 25, and then 50 and more because it's keeping it 200 and. You know, we got to keep it 100 times 2, and literally I'm keeping it actually 100 times 2 and then times another um, 2. So, yeah, I've actually keeping it 400 with two more guys. <laughs> but um, see you guys. 400 degrees, little way album, man. Classic. Exactly. <laughs> you saw what reference I was actually making. You saw that. But anyway, so – um, thank you for uh, coming. Yeah, I was nine years old. Yeah, I was nine years old when that album came out. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> now you're showing your age. Now you're showing your age, man. I know. That's why I'm saying, like, damn, man, you just exposed me. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so fun show as always. Thank you guys, and if you guys make sure to check out the episode on Spotify and more. I'll see you guys next time. Peace. All right.